0: Is Tamara home? Nope. It's just the three Home Alone boys in your house. How did we get here? Much like vampires, you invited us in, uh, and we are the Pod People, right? That—that's the name of this show.
1: I thought knock, we were knock. the Home Alone boys.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. We're, what's up, guys? We're talking about Home Alone three again today. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Home Alone, the one
0: without Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm joined, as always, by Ben Sheets. Knock, knock, it's the Pod
1: People PP Squad. And Eugene (laughs) Lundine. I'm going to stand in a corner of your house and stare at you for 30 seconds. Ooh, spooky! (laughs) And and this week, we're here to bring you some Stranger Danger, and
0: we're back with our first full-length episode in a really long fucking time. You thought that you were going to get just nice, short, condensed, hour-long episodes. Nope, we're back to be on that bullshit for like two and a half hours. Here we go. Yeah,
2: boy. We love our themes and concepts.
1: We like making podcasts longer than any of the movies we watch. It's just fun. We have to do something to fend off our existential angst.
0: Speaking of existential angst, Ben, I hear you have two very depressing news stories for us this week. <laughs>
2: there there's sure something. There was an untitled Blumhouse movie that premiered at South by Southwest, and it was revealed that untitled movie is actually Unfriended Dark Web. Thank God. The Unfriended sequel, none of us
1: knew we needed. As uh, and people may remember on our Unfriended episode, that we all said, man, this needs to have a sequel, and Blumhouse needs
2: to make sequels for all their properties. So since it's a uh, subtitled Dark Web, is uh, <laughs> is the ghost just going to be buying drugs and... Child Um, child porn? porn?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know what, though? Like, honestly, the dark web uh, subtitle is probably uh, just them trying to be clever. It probably has nothing to do with the actual dark web. They're just like, oh, you know what's dark? Ghosts. And
2: it's on the web, so dark web. Here's what they do. They they make the ghost hunt child predators online. <gasps> like a <laughs>
0: vigilante
2: ghost justice. Yeah, like a Oh my god. Like an undead Chris Hansen almost. Oh my god. All of a
0: sudden, I don't want anything more than I want this movie. <laughs> I would love a fucking horror movie where the ghost of Chris Hansen captures child predators <laughs> on the dark web. Not a ghost like Chris Hansen. You no, it, to- is, yeah, the go- it is, ghost. is the ghost of Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen died in a terrible uh, to-catch-a-predator accident, and he continues his righteous dateline work
2: through <laughs> through the the dark web. What I hope more than anything is they don't try to directly connect the two movies, because then I'll just be pissed off. It
1: better be a different ghost, even if that implies that ghosts just live
2: on the internet. I just don't want Shitty Pants Ghost Girl. Oh, no. I I, I agree.
1: I agree with that. It's going to be a movie about a 30-year-old man from Florida who got a streamer killed because he ordered a SWAT team on them. And now the kid is going to be interfering with his Twitch streams and swatting him. We're going to have Twitch chat on the side, and so that's going to provide a lot of awesome, like... (laughs) Uh, real-time replies and it'll be like you're you're watching a movie with through periscope or something <laughs> you're we, all should, together, have, we
0: it. should definitely work for blumhouse
1: i think oh. we would be really uh do they allow just walk-ins i feel like the, <laughs> at a certain point they they want the ideas to come to them I let's send let's send, a send hard, them yeah let's send stuff. them a
0: hard copy of this episode <laughs> to jason blum himself send it on a cd not even like a flash drive here's an idea for a horror movie Somebody comes along and throws a CD of one of our podcasts taped to a brick through somebody's window, and then when they listen to it, it's so bad that they just die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then who they threw
0: don't. The brick? Yeah, exactly. Who threw the brick? <laughs> exactly,
1: that's the that's the <laughs>
0: That's that's what you don't know, and uh, it, it spreads. You know.
2: Uh, All right. Uh, um, the other story is a uh, noted director, auteur, some would say, you've a bowl. I think that's appropriate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, may, he may be very technically fits, uh, the definition of auteur. Well, to be an auteur, do you have to be good? With, I mean, with... <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right. That's a
2: very good point. He is suing he's a, he's Universal... <laughs> He's suing Uh, Universal. Yes, he's suing Universal because he came out with a movie called Rampage in the late 2000s, all about a a shooter, really high taste. Yeah, right, right as as tasteful Um, as Uwe Boll can get. (laughs) And now since uh, Universal is putting out a video game adaptation of, as Uwe Boll calls it, fake Rampage, uh, (laughs) he is seeking action against it.
0: Because Uva Bull has the monopoly on video game movies. He's just mad that when he was making Rampage, he didn't think to make an adaptation of the classic video game Rampage starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I will box... Every Universal executive. You know, Universal should sue him because... (laughs) I would love to
1: see that. Yes, that would be great. Because he
0: made a movie called Rampage, and if there's one thing I know about copyright law, is that it is illegal for any movie, song, band, book any intellectual property to have the same title as something else especially if it's a very generic one word
1: title
2: (laughs) do you remember back in the mid 2000s when uh, I think it was when Postal came out Yuva Bull was getting all pissed off at movie critics and he was saying he would box yeah I fucking do remember that didn't he do
0: like a a YouTube video like calling people out like anybody who wanted to come
1: box him could do it (laughs) Didn't somebody do it? and, Like kick his ass. I think so. No, I think That's Uwe Boll part. kicked their asses because, well, it's not like these movie critics are prepared to go up and. Box I will box someone, the right? shit out of Uwe Boll, <laughs> and I will win. He just seems like such a aggressive, angry man. He's got that German
2: um, fortitude.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's
0: basically the Hitler of movies. <laughs> He deserves to get beaten up by
1: somebody. He deserves that for fucking making a loan in the dark. I think he's just sad that whatever train was rolling in the 2000s that allowed uve bull to make films it's run dry have any of his movies ever been actually successful though well i have think any it's of one them, of those like, things, money? right i think they probably make their money back and just like asylum he makes low-grade easy films in the hopes that either they make- well for the
2: longest time blockbuster was like uve Boll's grift right <laughs> so people would check out movies based on name recognition of video games right and not realize they were just awful and i guess uva
0: bull has a skill for making uh intriguing cover art (laughs) so if you see it at blockbuster and you don't know anything about it pick it up and you're like oh yeah this might be cool yeah and then you take it home and it's terrible because it's alone in the dark Bless his heart, man. He really wants to make good video game movies, but... Uh, He certainly (laughs) wants to make video game movies. (laughs) Well, he wants them to be good. (laughs) I think he desperately wants them to be good. He's just not a good enough filmmaker to make a good movie.
2: Eventually, we'll do a Yuvable solo episode if we're going to be really punishing...
0: I'm not watching Alone in the Dark again. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at I've, all. I've oh, seen, I'll watch something of his that I've never
2: seen, but I we'll think... We'll watch uh, Far Cry the movie Okay, something. yeah. You that know, the awesome thing about
0: Uwe Boll is maybe he's actually good at fighting because he's just full of so much rage. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Rampage is a true story about him? It's a. <laughs> I think it's a fantasy. It's autobiographical.
2: Uh, we should move on. Yes, let's
0: uh let's get into our main theme. So this week we are uh of course talking about the strangers, and we will be beginning with the film that partially inspired the first
1: Strangers film. It is called Them. Yes. ills Them. It is a nineteen fifty-four American black and white <laughs> science fiction monster movie. Wait is it about giant ants attacking the world. <laughs> I mean, that is true. <laughs> Which inspired the home invasion film The Strangers, just 54 years later. <laughs> but no, Them uh, Also Ills* is a 2006 French-Romanian horror film about a couple, Clementine and Lucas, who have a vacation home, or maybe not a vacation home, just they have a house off in like the forest away from civilization. Somewhere in Romania yes. where you're bound to be attacked by vampires. As as we know, uh, if you find yourself in Eastern Europe, you better hope you're an Eastern European because <laughs> you're going to be in a lot
2: of trouble otherwise. Because
0: if
1: you're French or American or something else, then you're for
2: sure going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Probably will be hunted for sport. Yes. Yeah, if there's, if there's one will...
1: thing horror movies have taught me, never go to Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> you get played with and murdered and you will also run into vagrant children when i was like 13
0: i uh i did go to poland and i didn't get murdered but i <laughs> did i did get yelled at by an old gypsy woman in the bathroom of a train
1: station oh it was probably two children stacked up on top of each <laughs> other They're the right. oh, old people are behaved it's just the children we got to worry about but clementine and lucas as They are sleeping one night, they begin to hear noises outside, and they realize someone or some ones, (laughs) no that's not, some peoples, are harassing them and trying to break into their house and most likely murder them, and so that's the basic premise right there. A simple home invasion film that was apparently shot in just 30 days, it's all one location, it's, it's giant short, house too. It's, yeah, it's seventy a, minutes. Seventy minutes, very short and sweet. Just like all good horror films, it begins with the opening kill, which I had felt when watching it was that something that might have been put on to help extend the runtime. We felt differently on it, and I don't think it's a. Bad. I mean, a lot of good horror movies begin with the opening kill. Like it follows. Yeah, you gotta have a setup kill. Exactly. You need to. It's to, to show like the the what exactly they're they're dealing with, how powerful, whatever you know. Whether it's a creature or a murderer. What they're capable of.
0: It really it didn't feel tacked on to me. I I mean, maybe they decided to. Uh, Go back and do that so they could stretch
1: the runtime a little okay, bit. But. It, yeah, it's incredibly short, which plays to its strengths because movies like these where it's just in one single location, it has uh, just like one or two characters that we're following. You really want to trim any fat that you have.
2: My uh, My problem with the opening scene wasn't the fact that it was there. But the f- the the way it was executed, more so as cheap as it was, the jump scare in it, where like mud is being thrown against the window, actually got me to jump.
0: Oh yeah, which doesn't
2: happen very often. Um, but you know the whole mom disappearing instantly while she's working. In oh front yeah, of when the, she's the trying truck. to fix the
0: car and she's just the the daughter gets out of the car and the mom's just gone. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right, that- they do the. I mean. Just like a good horror movie killer, they can teleport. So. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it fits, though, because the the rest of the movie is trying to go for such a realistic tone. It didn't pass my uh, suspension to disbelief. Was it just me, or did like the lighting seem super off, in that scene especially? In what way? Like, it just seemed cheap. It seemed like a. It was shot on like a DV camera. I mean, I, I this, this whole that. movie has a. I think
0: I think a pretty lo-fi aesthetic. Right. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I would be curious to know what it's shot on because it. It seems. Uh, I. I don't want to say cheap because cheap makes it sound bad, and I think for a movie like this, the lo-fi aesthetic actually worked pretty well for me. You know, a very straightforward like thriller slasher movie. You know, right. uh, I, I thought I thought the the look of it was quite nice. Some well, of the some of it is a little dark. They they did seem to have
2: trouble with their uh, outdoor uh, night lighting. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and it's probably just you know a limitation of cameras not being able to shoot low light very well. But yeah, I think the the. The car scene at the beginning especially like shows the limitations they had with lighting, because it looked much cheaper than the rest of the movie. That didn't
0: really bother me too much. I thought the aesthetic of the opening scene worked pretty well, uh, for me at least. The night lighting sort of started to bother me at other times later in the film. Like Once they're uh, out of the house and running through the woods, it was either way too dark or way too bright. I don't know. That that opening scene did not bother me very much. No, the much.
1: production of it is not a big issue, and you can tell this seems like they were able to find this house, which just uh, a lot of uh, cool little set pieces you could do while running around in there.
0: Yeah, I, I actually really liked the central location, this big old... Uh, it's sort of dilapidated, kind of dilapidated and run down, but at the same time, it, it sort of gives you the impression of like a, an old mansion just because it's so huge. I think it looks really good. Whoever dressed the set was, uh, did a great job. It got a little bit weird for me. When Clementine is like being chased in the attic, and there's just she runs into the room where there's like all of the the sheets of uh, of hanging plastic. I feel like that's such a uh, a cliched uh, sort of set piece. Like, why is there? I and I also just I don't understand a practical reason to have plastic hanging up in such a layout. Like, it's one thing if it's on the walls or if you're doing, like, painting and stuff, but to have it hanging down all over the room and make, like, a maze of plastic, like, it looks cool visually, but that sort of uh
2: failed to suspend my disbelief I, I actually kind of like that I mean it's corny and it's used all the time but I mean name it was broke... the scene
0: the scene was handled competently that was the f- the first part for me uh setting aside the very opening scene that was the first part for me where it started to drift outside of the realm of realism and more into just sort of like generic horror tropes and i i don't think they did it poorly but it sort of set up a precedent before that that i was just kind of
1: like oh they're just doing this well it's interesting you guys bring up uh realism because i hadn't felt that way what i think it was is they spend a decent amount of time showing the relationship between clementine and lucas this couple uh they're just happy. They they seem to genuinely just like enjoy each other's company. They and, see they're a very yeah.
0: average couple, I think. Right, but you I, know they're they're just happy, and they're, there's nothing like there's no special event or anything that. Their character development is centered around. It's really just like them hanging out at home, like hey, they cook I, dinner and watch was TV. Is that a positive
1: for you guys? I think I, so. I I would say it's a positive because I li- I think with a home invasion movie, if you don't uh, have any interest or at least some sort of investment in the characters that are getting attacked, then it, it, it gets grating. And this is something uh, we'll I'll get into when we talk about the strangers, but. I just felt more involved because these characters felt, uh, well, for the most part, rational in uh, compared to the things that were happening around them. They seemed very relatable. They seemed like like everyday people, which
0: I do think I will agree with you. I think that's important in uh, a home invasion style film where you need to be able to put yourself in the shoes of these characters.
2: So I I did appreciate that. Did were you saying I, that that hurt it I hurt for you Ben? I kind of disagree with you guys a little bit. I think not having any tension between the characters kind of just made their their progression through the movie a little more flat. That's interesting because that's that was
1: the problem for me in uh in in the remake. I felt I don't want to go into it
2: too much, but with their conflict, I felt that... Well, yeah, that I, I, I just... would agree. I, I don't think the remake does it well, effectively. Um, but I think having it there adds an extra level of tension that kind of creates like like an undertone throughout the movie. I, like... I will kind of agree with you there when it comes to The Strangers, but I don't want to get too heavily um, into that yet. But yeah, I the, the biggest problem I had with this movie, and the reason I am not really a big fan of it is... The pacing of this movie I think the pacing is Not well done at all This is like a 70 minute movie right There is a shot Where it just holds on Clementine As she just walks on the outside of the school for literally 36 seconds you timed it yeah like i was like this is weird in such a short movie that they're gonna just hold on this for so long i didn't i didn't notice that i mean
0: i did notice that the that the opening credit sequence where she's just driving is kind of long
2: yeah yeah it feels like a lot of this movie is just so padded out with filler some of the the last bit is effective like, the action doesn't really push itself into high gear until the last, like, 20, 25 minutes.
1: Well, but that's sort of the point of the first kill in a movie as well, that you then take some time to uh, let it simmer and to wait. You already know that the threat is approaching, and so then there's that time to try and build it but up. Yeah, I guess the I had the, the
0: problem for the me is it's of-
2: just not that tense. Throughout that I
0: would I would disagree. I would say that the buildup works much better for me than the
1: payoff. Um, well, yeah, because the payoff we get for these uh, uh, attackers uh, as well is uh, it, to me is a pretty disappointing thing. Yeah, I, it, for for me too.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess we can sort of start talking about that. Like, there's obviously multiple people attacking them. We discover that pretty quickly. Uh, an undetermined number of people who are fucking with them then it just turns out to be a bunch of sewer children
1: right yep just a bunch of european
2: vagrants
0: like teenagers like young young kids and teenagers
2: well that's that's revealed in like the last 15 minutes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, well
0: it's first revealed when they're running through the woods and uh Lucas uh, kills one of them, or right. like hits them with a with a stick or something. He might as well if he beat
1: the fuck out of that. Yeah, kid. I'm pretty yeah. sure
0: I'm pretty sure he killed him. And it's like <laughs> he
1: rolls him over, and it's like a twelve year old, and then right. it's like what the fuck. I mean, like we all got what they were going for that that corrupted youth thing, but it just makes you question everything you saw before. It's like oh, these are just Children?
2: That's what makes me groan even more about the opening scene. (laughs) Is knowing that it's kids. Yeah, they just like captured this mother who was working on the engine made her disappear and then had the yeah the I mean, strength to I, overpower but that's I guess why they you can, can
1: teleport because they're so small oh yeah <laughs> i
0: guess you can argue for the element of surprise but still like at a certain point once uh clementine gets like captured and taken down into like the tunnels underground and stuff
1: and you see that they're kids right and it's not like burly 13 year olds these are like child yeah it's They're like, like it's eight like well, eight nine year olds
0: some <laughs> of them are a little older and some of them are younger but it's just like at that point i i just was no longer afraid yeah. I, I at that point i had a hard time believing feeling because that- you're like
1: i just want to punch these children in the face yeah
0: the the one slightly older kid is like holding a bag over clementine's head and the yeah. other little kid is like stop you're hurting her isn't that the point isn't that why they're doing this uh, yeah that all that's all and wrong. also like the the kid with the bag is like 12 13 like just fucking push him
1: off right. <laughs> he probably weighs like 80 pounds like it, it's a really disappointing uh reveal and yeah. what they were trying to go for just about these uh these messed up kids like, oh they don't really get what they're doing, they're just having fun harassing yeah. these. Yeah, people. like the but I
0: think I think the 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 build up to that reveal is pretty effective. Yeah, I like lo- oh, I, I I really agree.
2: Let's go into that a little bit more because well, okay, so first half an hour of this movie is them just setting up this relationship essentially. Right. Uh, the last 25 minutes are when it kicks into high gear. So that leaves about 15 minutes of actual buildup. And the actual buildup is mostly just them hearing noises around their house and running around. I, I think what's effective about that is You
0: know nothing about who is attacking them. You don't know how many of them there are. You know there's more than one, especially because they start running around the house and like slamming all of the shutters closed and they cut the power to the house. So they're trying to put them in like total darkness. And I think all of that stuff works for me really well. For the most part, when she's being chased through the attic and she's hiding and you like see the feet of the person like walking around, all that stuff. I mean, it's not
2: particularly creative, but I think it's effectively tense. Like, I I agree that it makes the home invasion seem real, but I don't feel like the villains ever felt imposing. And the payoff certainly doesn't help that either. But the fact that they don't feel like that much of a threat,
1: I can I can agree with that. And there's a there's a great scene we were talking about when she's. Uh, walking uh, upstairs in the attic, uh, amongst all those uh those curtains, and we hear this this clicker going off, which we we find out it's like one of those fucking party clicker things. So it's well, at really the end, dumb. That, no, that is really dumb. I will say, I
0: think one of the more creative, effective things is when they're uh, running through the woods and you hear the the killers making different sounds like from different parts of the forest like they're communicating using like very specialized noises yeah i thought that was really a really interesting idea
2: what they were just carrying around sheet metal
0: Yeah, a little yeah. party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they obviously had like whistles and shit, but like that that stuff was kind of creepy. But then once you realize that they're kids and you realize that like the slow clicking that you hear when the guy's like right, stalking her right through that. the attic is from one of those fucking party
1: spinners, so dumb. that, oh my god, that's so yeah. frustrating. But uh, my point was that uh, when she's walking in the attic and we see uh, one of the attackers behind her. Like, as he lunges, she immediately turns around and pushes him off. Off like, the fucking balcony. And, all, and I remember I turned over to you, Matisse, and I'm like, oh, she's going to look down. He's going to disappear. But then we look down, like, no, he's fucking dead. He's just yeah, splatted on the, on the ground. <laughs> right. No, I, I appreciated that, too. <laughs> right. That seemed very
0: realistic. Like, she just... Uh, Halloween style, fucking shoved him off
1: the fucking right, like, balcony. It's just like she did not hesitate for a second. She's just like no, no, fuck fucking- this, yeah, exactly, pushes <laughs> his ass off. But then all the other kids start climbing up, and that's when I I start making those dumb connections in my mind. It's just like just just hang out by the edge and kick them as they try and climb up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I was like.
2: <laughs> this movie uh, answers the question. How many uh, fourth graders can you take in a fight? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, 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 apparently yeah. like one or two. <laughs> because <backs.
1: Yeah. laughs> well, after, um, as we mentioned, Clementine is captured by one of the kids. There, she's being tortured with a bag over her head. And Lucas comes down and kills one of them. And... The the kid that was like, Oh stop, you're hurting her like they decide to listen to him and like let him show them the way out. I I, I know maybe you're supposed to think like he's one of the nice kids. Uh, just like he's he's just running with a bad crowd. It's but not why. Set up. So why doesn't he just,
0: just go home,
1: right? And so yeah, it just feels like a lie. Exactly. Yeah. Like why is he? Yeah. Even why there? is he hanging out with these kids if he
0: if he if they're killing people and he doesn't like it? Why why
1: is he associating? Right. And with then him? caught up in the wrong crowd. Okay. <laughs> and then he's showing them the way out. Clementine climbs up first, and then the kid kicks Lucas off the ladder, and he falls down. Leaving him to get eaten, (laughs) yeah, to get
0: dragged off
2: horror
1: movie style by like two kids
0: and by the sewer
2: kids. (laughs) I will,
0: I will say, uh, I think one part at the end that I found pretty effective is when Clementine is like crawling through the narrow tunnel and she like sees light up ahead, and we keep getting her first person perspective, but it's like out of focus, and she's crawling, getting closer towards the light, and then as she gets there, she focuses and sees that there's bars over the the exit.
1: It's a cool reveal, but it's one of those where you think... That wouldn't have been possible if not for that blurry POV. Otherwise, right. we well, think, no, like, you could a- probably see that from like the other end. Just- sure. But I
0: mean that that's why I thought it was effective. Right. They, and then and then they have them. the shot from outside that pans back uh, as she's like screaming and the cars on the highway are going by and then one car passes and she's just gone. Right. Which I think in and of itself is a is a cool visual, but knowing that the villains are a bunch of prepubescent kids yeah.
1: once again robs that of a lot of its effectiveness I think Yeah, it's a, it's a shame it seems like they probably thought these murderous children that was such a cool thing It's like, oh, they're kids. Right. It's like, look how fucked up they are. It's like they uh, don't watch SpongeBob. Oh, oh, now they're just not scary.
0: You know. Well,
2: the idea of having like corrupted youth is always kind of a fun trope to play with, like the bad seed kind of thing. But it's a a trope that's inherently campy. You can't like do a serious, like realistic movie with a bunch of kids as you villains you know right 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 and then the last
0: shot is all of these dirty forest children coming out of the woods and getting onto a bus and then we get a, and, and then we get a real nice uh uh text closing saying that the the bodies of Lucas and Clementine were found and then when the killers were apprehended, they were all between the ages of like 8 and 15 or something yeah. like that. A true story. I don't know if you can hear my quotes, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you hear Eugene's air quotes <laughs> on true story? It's like the the reveal of the villains undermines everything that I liked about right, it. Right, which is building crazy. I, I don't
1: know the last time I... Felt like that, where uh the way they finally present the the villains just makes everything else. Being fall so apart. ineffective. Damn.
0: I still think that overall it's a pretty solid movie. I think it's it does its its tension well. I disagree with you, Ben, that the pacing is bad. I think the pacing works pretty well for me. The ending undermines so much of the good stuff. I mean it's still so short, you know, you can still watch it and and get Decent
2: enjoyment out of it. But... Honestly, I think there's like ten minutes of good stuff in this movie. Oh, I think like there's, I think there's like, more than that. Once once it ramps up before it's revealed that it's kids is pretty good. the The bad guys never feel imposing, and it's a lot of just. Running around, or the first half hour is all just build up. It's not. It's not even tense build up. It's just build up of the relationship. Oh, I of didn't mind. I didn't
0: mind the the characterization. I would say that out of this seventy minute movie, I enjoyed the first forty five minutes, and then after that, I can do without. I I think that's really where I stand.
1: Yeah. Well, should we just jump into ratings? Yeah. Then? Sure. Why don't you start, Eugene? Well, uh, this was. Uh, Actually, one of my favorites from this episode. And I think it's because, even aside from the hey, I can't knock him for wanting to do that corrupted youth thing, it does make a lot of the other events in the story fall flat. But it, this just felt more confidently made than the other movies that we watched. And something about the time they put into. The relationship and the couple, I enjoyed caring about these people, not just waiting for them to die. It adds um, a level of involvement that I feel isn't given enough in a lot of movies. Uh, still, it's it has a lot of flaws, but with the runtime of it and with the things it does do well, I'll give it a three and a half. I'm also
0: going to give it a 3.5 because uh, I agree with you. I, I like these two characters. I like the buildup. I think it's tense. Like you said, there's, there's definitely a certain level of confidence behind it. I even think that they're confident with the reveal of the, of oh, the yeah. killers and yes. the ending, and I can respect that. It just did not work for me, <laughs> uh, so I'm also going to give it a 3.5.
2: Man, I am way on a different wavelength than you guys. I'm gonna give it a one and a half. I Ooh, think Jesus. I think we're being a little too forgiving on this movie because it's in a foreign language. I think if
0: <laughs> if I don't think that's the case at all. I think part of it but is we that read I, think, what, we just... I think
2: if this was in English, we would be groaning oh, but at we a know lot what more that is. of it. We have the American version of them. No, but <laughs> if it was the same. You know, structure, and everything was the same, except it was in English. We would be groaning so much more at this movie. The movie is so badly paced like the first I totally disagree like, it, there's there's no tension between the characters, so it's just like a a flaccid relationship between the two where there's no stakes. And when, you know, the home invasion actually begins, it's just a bunch of noises and them running around and nothing really happening. The villains are never really imposing at any point. Then once it actually builds up and starts to pay off in, say, the attic scene, you finally get some action of some sort. It it lasts for a solid 10 to 15 minutes of uh, actual tense moments, um, and then it's revealed that it's all kids, and all of the, the air is sucked from any tension in the movie. I I do give it props for some production design. I think the house is nice-looking in a way that's good for... The horror of the movie and I think the sound design is pretty solid but I think the movie as a whole is kind of just a waste of time for the most part it's it's a lot of filler it maybe it's confidently done but it's not effectively done And that's my biggest problem with it. So I'll give it a one and a half. I don't think it's that good. I think you make fair points.
0: I disagree with a lot of them, but uh, that will give them an average rating of 2.8 pods out of five.
1: With that, I am very interested to see how you felt about uh, our next movie.
0: Yes, uh, so The Strangers is a uh, 2008 film written and directed by Brian Bertino. Um, I I don't know what else he's done, if anything.
1: Yeah, no clue. I just knew him as The Strangers. It stars
0: uh, Liv Tyler and... uh, Scott Speedman, or as we affectionately call him, Speedsticks, yep, Scooty Speedsticks, uh, <laughs> or some version of that, as a couple who was supposed to be going on a romantic getaway to the vacation house, but Scooty Speedman has uh, proposed to Liv Tyler, and she said no. So they're both very sad. And then in the middle of the night, they hear a knock on the door and begin to be tormented. ...and preyed upon by three masked killers. So it's basically the same premise as The Stranger, or uh, as them, just with uh, adult killers instead of kids. And I I will say, I like this movie. I've uh, seen it a few times, and I've always enjoyed it well enough... It's a very by-the-numbers slasher film, but I think that, though it's not
2: particularly creative, what it does, it does well. Well, okay, so let's start off with the the relationship between Liv Tyler and Scoot Speedstick. Having tension between the two characters is good. I think it wasn't really effectively done in this movie. I think the whole uh, Liv Tyler is balled up for half of the movie well yeah she does spend she does
0: spend most of the movie curled up in the fetal position in various places around the house and yard (laughs) which i did think was kind of annoying but i'm actually much more forgiving of these characters than you guys are i i think they're both Competent actors i would not say that they're great actors yeah
1: there's nothing wrong with their performances
0: no i'm just i'm just saying that to lead into my thoughts on their relationship the reason why i think it works on it starts on sort of a downer and that like scott speedstick has uh proposed to her and she says no But they're not broken up. They're just at like a very low point of their relationship right now. And that they're trying to sort of figure out what next step to take. And uh, Scoot Speedstick has spent all of this time like trying to set up the house as like a romantic getaway with all the rose petals and the champagne and the ice cream and shit. And then he's just kind of like, well, this is, he even says it at one point, he's like, this is really embarrassing. (laughs) And I think to, to have the characters start the film on such an emotionally, uh, tenuous footing. Then once there's an actual real life threat to their life, you know, they they have to sort of come back together and work together. And I, I honestly, I think it, it is actually a really good setup for the rest of the film. I think it works better for me than if it had just been he had proposed to her and she said yes. And they were happy and they were celebrating or something. I, like I that. I actually really I agree. enjoy.
2: I, I enjoy the conflict. I, I, I think the conceit is actually really strong and adds a lot of complexity to the characters, especially when shit starts going down yeah um i think a lot of the dialogue with that stuff is kind of clunky sure i can agree i can agree with that it's not
0: the most
1: uh finessed script it's rough at times i i do agree there is nothing uh wrong about having them um Dislike each other or have issues, they don't need to be a happy couple. But we only get uh, one scene before they get to the house, and that's when he uh, he proposes to her. And which also don't well, they th- do that in a flashback? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. We only get it in a flashback, and so I I don't feel like we were given uh, enough about why they were together in the first place. It felt like they were so disinterested with each other i never felt like i cared to see them work through their problems
2: because i, I didn't i, I, I kind of like disagree. i kind of I, I, I think it's too. unnecessary i think the 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 reason they're not the most connected when we see them is because of the whole well turning right but we don't it.
1: i i just didn't care from that point because if they don't have that care or we don't know we don't even know if they ever had that care we don't see uh, any, exa- like, we don't even hear them describe about how they were ever happy beforehand, so it all just seems well, really Well, I mean, in the flashback, which I I don't think the
0: flashback needed to be there at all, no. but we get that little bit of build-up. They're at some sort of party or, like, event or something, because they're the community dressed community at, the, at the fucking community center. You know, they seem happy at that at the beginning of that when he, like, takes her outside and he's, like, carrying her and they're kissing and stuff, and then he provides. Proposes to her in the parking lot. I personally could have done without that whole scene. I would have been fine just jumping in. I don't need to know why they had a happy relationship up until this point. I'm content knowing that they were a happy couple, and that the reason Liv Tyler says no to his proposal is just because she's not ready to be married. I think she obviously she obviously still cares about him, and he still cares about her. It's just, it's not like this is the ending of their relationship. It's just a point where they have to start reevaluating things because she has to consider, why did I say no to getting married? And he has to consider,
2: well, if she loves me, why did she say no? You the, know, the flashback really doesn't bother me all that much. I think it adds some con- context that's somewhat needed i think yeah. by showing it I feel you know it's a little more direct than it would be otherwise it's okay to leave stuff subtle sometimes but when you're setting up characters you want to be i think direct with i think it. there's
0: but i think there's enough other stuff in the in the opening that gives us that context without having to actually show it to us like when he just like puts the ring down on the table in front of her and is like, here, take it. Like, I can't keep it. I can't take it back. Like, just, just keep the ring. Yeah. I and think, that's, I that, think that, 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 that obviously gives you that flashback
2: though. It would seem like the, the relationships more just on the ropes than it is like a complex relationship where she's just not Maybe. ready, but they still love each other. Maybe you could be right. But I mean,
0: then like right before the, the threat, reveals itself like they are beginning to have sex. They're seeming to yeah, like make yeah, up yeah. like have makeup sex and then they hear the first knock on the door. I did think that was kind of stupid, but I guess that would provide for me the context that it's a more complex issue. and I think
2: that the flashback over explains it does it, it does more than I need i I, I agree that it kind of hurts the pacing of this movie. I think this movie's a little better paced than them, but it's still a, it drags in the first half, for sure. A little bit. I don't mind the
0: character setup. I do
2: think they could get into the action
0: a little bit quicker, but I didn't really feel like, oh, all right, enough with this. I was starting to be like, okay, let's move this on a little bit. So yeah, let's get into the, the scary stuff. So uh, they hear the knock on the door, And uh, Scoot Speed Stick uh, tries to turn on the outside, the the porch light, and it's not coming on, and there's just a a young woman there, uh, obscured in the darkness, who asks if, uh, if Tamara is home. They tell her she's got the wrong house. She moves on and uh, they realize that the light bulb on the porch has been unscrewed. So that's the first uh, real indication that something is amiss here, at least aside from the fact that there's a mysterious person knocking on their door at four o'clock in the morning. But then things definitely begin to escalate. From there, Scott Speedman goes out to buy Liv Tyler cigarettes. She's like, I'm out of cigarettes. And then when he's out buying her cigarettes, she has a cigarette. So right, just a liar
1: all around. Just a, Why just are a they liar. together? Uh, see, this is where I start to differ on uh, our feelings on the movie, because this I felt was just as opposed to how you felt with them. I felt like a lot of it was just so boring, and how you mentioned that um, all it is is like people banging things for half an hour and them, that's kind of how I felt with The Strangers once it started up, because the only few moments that, and uh, it seems like a lot of people talk about too, that are uh, genuinely creepy or to provide chills is when the killers are lurking in the background just quietly observing
2: them. Yeah, but I think the inclusion of that is more effective of a build-up than just having noises. Sure. What I actually
0: really like about The Strangers is that it feels very much like a one-sided game of cat and mouse. These antagonists are out to do more than simply kill these people. They want to really torment them. They want to scare them. They, They enjoy this this chase you know this hunt that's why we see so many times like uh probably one of the better shots in the movie is when Liv Tyler it's the wide shot of her just standing in the living room and just silently the male killer just sort of steps out from behind a wall just stands there looking at her for a second and then leaves
1: and that might be one of my issues too where in them i felt like they were uh more active in trying to uh, defend themselves against their attackers, in the strangers, it feels more like they are just getting played around with. In the strangers, it seems like they're the killers
0: are really getting like some some real gratification out of like this whole game, whether it's like a sexual thing or what. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, it could be. You know, killers are often motivated by sexual desires, but like this is something that they. Really enjoy. They enjoy the observation. They enjoy remaining unseen and making themselves seen when they want
2: to scare. Yeah, scare but them. I, I think the buildup of having them toy with their prey builds up them as more imposing. Yeah, I which think so I think too. Is the reason why it's so effective. I, I think
1: that it loses a lot of tension through that because at a certain point, knowing that they're so. Outmatched, that anything they even consider is just uh, flawed and going to get them as closer to death at the end, just feels more frustrating than tense to me. And um, I, I disagree.
0: I think, uh, I mean, you never—at least for me—you never really get the impression that uh, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman are going to come out of this alive, or at least undamaged. Well I never feel like they
1: try really hard.
0: I well, I think it's because they're being toyed with so severely that they're you really see sort of like their mental state unraveling more and more throughout this whole ordeal Because it's sort of just like, these people could kill them at any time, why aren't they just killing them? Like, they're really stretching this out, and I think for for these characters to be in that situation, it would be incredibly harrowing. Well, I mean, at one point, when shit really starts to escalate, they do, they, they make a, I think a very wise and informed decision to just hole up in, like, a a room with a shotgun pointed at the door and be like, we're just gonna fucking sit here until the cops come or something happens.
2: Like, we're not gonna be fucking stupid. Well, and that's the thing that is effective for me is I I agree, Eugene, that the the cards are definitely stacked in the, the killer's favor. I feel like they don't always have all of the cards i think some cards are given to the couple in you know whether it's scoot speed stick uh coming back to the house finally yeah um that kind of gave like a bit of a you know a hint of an upper hand for a second Uh, right and then again when he gets the
0: gun and when uh glenn howerton shows up yeah um although i do have thoughts on that so earlier in the movie we get uh, Scott Speedman calling his friend saying, Hey, can you come pick me up in the morning when you get this? I'm giving what's her face the car. Like, we're just going to spend some time apart. And then, while all this is going down, his friend, played by Glenn Howerton, which I always forget about and is hilarious, uh, he shows up really early. I have a problem with how that is all introduced.
1: Yeah, I and thought that, that kinda, was a really dumb scene. It kind of
0: that kind of just feels like an excuse for them to give Glenn Howerton some screen time and because have, uh,
1: have some blood and a body.
0: Right. Well, because he shows up and he sees that their car has been destroyed and like the the door to the house is open and there's been there's something going on here. And uh, you think that he's going to get killed by the strangers because you even see the the masked man with his axe uh, coming up behind Glenn Howerton. But then he goes down the hall and gets shot by Scott Speedman because he thinks he's one of the killers. I think that scene would have been much more effective had they not shown Glenn Howerton showing up. They hadn't shown him walking around. We're just with Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler. In the room, you hear somebody coming down the hallway, see a shadow, see someone get shot. They go out to look at him and, oh shit, my friend
2: showed up early. I accidentally killed him. I think if they would have introduced his character in that flashback, it would have been effective. Maybe, I think yeah. if it was just some random person that they recognize but the audience doesn't, it would have been a little too unclear. I, I don't
0: think I, I don't think I necessarily agree with that because I don't think there's really much point to Glenn Howerton's character other than t- to have him show up and I mean I guess that gives like you're saying gives them a little bit of hope that maybe he's going to yeah. be able to help them or something so I guess See, that's why I didn't they have did it. all
2: that much of a problem with it I had a problem with how they handled it like the one of the biggest problems I have with this movie is all of the characters seem way too dismissive of what's going on. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Definitely. When Scott Speedman comes back to the house and Liv Tyler's like, my phone's gone. Somebody's been in the house like they keep knocking on the door like some shit is going on. And then Scott Speedman's like, "What? what are you talking about? Like he just doesn't. He's just totally dismissive of her, yeah. And that's that is, I agree is very frustrating. Well, and Glenn Howerton
2: kind of dismisses everything too. Like,
0: well, yeah, he doesn't seem all that concerned when he's coming into this house, even though there's blood on the floor. And he sees the destroyed broken. car. Yeah, he sees their their his car windshield totally... gets destroyed. Yeah, somebody throws a fucking brick at his windshield, and he doesn't like. He grabs a fire poker when he walks in, but other than that he he seems, like, mildly puzzled. He doesn't seem all that concerned. Yeah. So I, I will agree with you on that one. Like, the, the sort of dismissive nature of everybody is a little bit yeah,
2: uh, frustrating. Yeah, I, I, I think the dismissiveness kind of sucks a little of the tension out of it. What I, um, what I will say is I do
0: enjoy the scene when uh, Scott Speedman goes out to get his phone out of the car before he's accepted that something is going on and his car is just like totally smashed and the weird thing about that is like you you'd think they would have heard from inside the house somebody like breaking all the windows and like smashing the car but then when he's like looking through the car to try to find his phone and you just see somebody's hand like behind him and just like gently like touch the back of his neck and then they run off I I thought that was really good and I like that they included the sound of somebody's footsteps actually running off so it's not just like
2: the killer just teleported away yeah that was like the one good element of sound design. Uh, oh, God, the mixing in this movie is terrible. Yeah, it's holy really shit. Bad. Holy um, shit. Half I, the time you can't even hear what Liv Tyler is saying because she's whispering her lines. Oh,
0: yeah, when he's out at the car and she's like, uh, what is that character's name, James? She's like, James. From, like, <laughs> inside the house and he somehow hears her. And it's yeah. like, how the fuck did he hear? <laughs> but then, yeah, then the music is always super loud all, like, the loud sounds are way too fucking loud. So we were just playing that game of turning it up when there's dialogue and then turning it down when there's action, which I fucking hate. Just yeah. mix your movie well. <laughs>
1: just mix the sound
0: well. Yeah.
1: It's not no, it's, that hard. It's pretty obvious why they did it, and just loud noises scare people, so. <sighs> yeah, Honestly, but it's like not a like I... scary way. It's just in a frustrating oh, way. Like, yeah. ow, this hurts my ears. Way. I just had no investment in this film from the characters to the... The actual attackers themselves. And I think a lot of that just comes from the actions that they do. Like uh, uh, Scooty deciding to leave Liv Tyler behind when he goes to try and uh, fight them but not thinking that they could also just be in the house and also just splitting up. Why? Just so the one weapon they could use to defend themselves is only in the hands of one person. Right. I mean, when they shot Glenn Howerton, they should have just gone back
0: in their room with the yes. shotgun. Yeah. Like, and they- that's also de-
1: like why, after Glenn Howerton sees that the car's all messed up and he walks in the house, if he had just said something... That would have been it. That's why he had to be silent. Because if he had said something, Scooty would have been like, "Oh, there is my friend who is not a murderer." I mean, I guess he said hello like once he or said twice. Hello. No, but though, the... right as he got shot, he didn't say anything when he was in the actual house.
0: Well, not when he was in the house. When he was walking up to the house, he calls their names. Yeah, but there's also but... the music on really loud. But I, I mean, Wait, yeah, I, he still I agree. Say anything, if he was just it's... walking around the house, going, "Hey, hey guys, it's me." You're your buddy Dennis. Right. Like, hey, it
1: looks like something's wrong. Like, are you guys
0: okay? Flawed. Like,
1: are you guys all right? What's going on here? Yeah. Then they would have avoided all of that. And yeah. so I feel like more so than them, that this film was built around the conveniences of the stupid choices that the characters ended up making. Like there's good filmmaking going on in here. I don't think that it's a, it's a cause that this was done incompetently. It's just that it relies on, on the clichés that we've seen in a lot of other movies that Which uh, is my
0: problem with a lot of horror movies is that like if you're making a horror movie you kind of have to make your main characters make stupid decisions to put themselves in dangerous situations and sometimes it feels insulting how stupid people right. can be. Or
1: just forced so that they could and stream this it. Is,
0: this way. is one of those movies where there are times like that. Like, why are you being so dumb? Right. Oh, so the filmmaker can give us a scary <laughs> Yeah, it's moment. like the forced
1: tension effect. It's you like know? my feeling at the end of Black Christmas just don't go back in the house yeah. <laughs> just just those moments I think it's you're much screaming. more forgivable
0: in Black Christmas than it is in oh yeah uh, at at least that's, of
1: this. I mean shit, that might have set up the cliche because it's so be. powerfully done <laughs> yeah
0: I will say that one of my larger problems with this movie is I think the design of the killers kind of takes away some of the effectiveness yeah. because it's otherwise seems to be much like them, uh, pretty grounded in reality. And what I at least appreciate about them is until you see that they're kids, they just appear to be dressed normally with like hooded jackets to obscure their faces and stuff. But then these killers, they have to wear scary doll masks. <laughs> and, well the, the the women do, and then the the guy wears a fucking burlap sack with a smiley face
1: on it. And um, just yeah. when you finally see their whole getup, they look like fucking edward sharp and the magnetic zeros or something <laughs> yeah they 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 look like an indie rock band
0: right. like
2: yeah. uh or like a like a punk rock band you yeah. know it's... i forgave that stuff a little bit the opening sequence with the narration oh man oh, we didn't God. God. Talk about is that. is bad uh, it's yes. bad but the one plus i'll give it is it kind of sets the movie up to be schlockier than realistic but i would it doesn't say really but then it's not, not really schlocky, that schlocky yeah. though well i i would agree that it doesn't get schlocky in the first half the reason it's not effective is it's this like 70s style like narration about how deep, this is deep scary voice Tons of people get abducted every year. Scott
0: Speedman and Liv Tyler were murdered, and they found their bodies, but they don't know who did it. Yeah, and then
2: they show, like, the crime scene after that, right at the beginning of the movie, which kind of sucks some I, of the...
0: I don't... I, well, they don't show the crime scene too heavily. I don't mind that that setup with the the little boys coming in and then calling the police, and because they don't reveal too much, they just show some broken shit and that there's blood all over the house. My biggest problem is that they show it basically the same again at the end. Yeah. If they had just picked one, I think it would have been better if they had just left it off the end. But yeah, uh, I agree. If they had just opened it with that, it would have been fine. But then it's like they do the same thing again. And at the end, it's like, well, we remember this. Do you not trust your audience to remember how you started your
2: movie? <laughs> the voiceover narration kind of gives it a schlockier vibe, which meshes with the killer's masks, but not with the realism of the first half of the movie well, or I, the but, attempted realism. But
1: even the second half and when we finally get to when they're... Um, they're getting killed by the strangers. That's us all such like it's so bleak and it's just It is very really bleak straight. I, yeah. So I don't feel like it lightens up at all or it gets schlockier. Well no, that's dad. the
0: thing. Like it does sort of set a schlocky tone at the very beginning that it never even really touches, I yeah. would say. I I like the the scene at the end where
1: they're killed. It is very bleak. Uh but yeah. I think it's effectively bleak. It's like one of the, the only times that Liv Tyler's actually acting in the movie. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will
0: well, give it props for that. When they've they've been captured and tied up and I also like that at that point it's full daylight. Yes, I, right. I, I expect I
1: enjoyed that as well that it wasn't also just dark. Right. You and get the, you get a real you get a better sense of just the timeline of things, and the happening. killers
0: take off their masks, although we still never see their faces, and then they just take turns stabbing uh, Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler to right. death. Like a I real, think that's a stab,
1: stab, pass. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> stab, stab, pass. Uh, I think that that scene is is quite uh, quite visceral and uh, pretty effectively creepy.
1: Yeah, because they're, yeah,
0: they're doing it pretty slow. like Right, well, they're, that, they're it just... just... It, it continues on with the theme that, like, this is something that they're that they're kind of getting off right. on. Right, and you they... Know, like they
1: they're savoring the whole experience. They provide their uh, thesis statement when Liv Tyler asks, why are you doing this to us? And they reply with... Cause you were home just right you, which I, you had a you drew poorly. I'm right, sorry.
0: which I which I think I, I enjoy that that they these killers are motivated only by their own sadism and that this is just something that they enjoy doing. But it's because of that that I think the masks are kinda corny. It like what's so scary about the killers is that they're just like normal people who just really enjoy toying with and killing others. The the masks just just feels like overly edgy. I think it would have been scarier had
1: they really just truly been average people, right. you know. And it's silly to think like them removing the masks, like we don't see their faces, but it's like that it doesn't really matter. We don't know who these people are. If we saw their right. faces, we'd still go Oh, okay. The, they're people. We, Maybe we they feel that. like it would
0: humanize them too much. I, I'm not. I'm okay with not seeing their faces, but the masks. Right. It's just like seem the, like overkill, and yeah. the fact that they remove their masks before they kill them. That's I like. Weird. I actually like that because not only are they showing to their victims that they're just normal people, but it's also like. Once you see the killer's face, you know you're gonna die because they're sure as shit not gonna let you right. go when you know what they
1: look like. Yeah. Which actually so that's makes like me the... raise, makes me raise questions now. Uh, as we learn from the beginning, these two little boys who actually run into the killers, I guess they're just like Bible thumpers. They're actually like, they're like Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, I or actually something. really
2: like the scene where the kids are biking and, uh, the The truck of the killers is, and they're not even biking; they're
1: just walking, which also makes me think, like, how far away where live Tyler and Scooty from actual houses? Actually, if uh, these these kids who weren't even actually biking, they're just walking with their bikes. I I mean, I
0: get the impression that it's just like it's not. Totally, the middle of nowhere. It's just like, it's like a more, small town. It's just like a more rural area where you know you have you know maybe a mile or so between your you and your nearest neighbor. Where right. it's like there are people close by, but not close enough to be of any help. You to know? not hear yeah. any yeah. to not hear anything. Like that's the- that's the
1: impression I get. <laughs> but they find Scooty and live on the floor, and one of the kids goes to touch. Touch live Tyler's boob. Or I, I don't know. And then she grabs his arm and screams and very loudly. Jump for, scare. Yeah, for yeah. the audience. I hated that. Yeah, Which I now Absolutely. makes me like that. she saw their faces. They should go to jail. But we. We'll, we'll, oh, I mean, we'll just...
2: that's assuming that she didn't still die. Yeah. No. You that know, I, I, I think that ending is really dumb. It should have ended with <laughs> that the, would be even stupider the, if she screamed
1: and then she died. The, the, the killer so getting. Bad.
2: Uh, one of the pamphlets from the kids and then continuing to drive away. Because I think uh, that would have ended it on such a good note because uh, one of the killers uh, says to the other killer, uh, it'll be easier next time or something like that. Yeah. And I thought that would have been a great line to end it with. I honestly
0: think it would have been even better to end it on uh like cuz they pull over when they see these kids and one of the women gets out of the car and she asks for one of his pamphlets and the kid asks are you a sinner and she says sometimes I think that would have been a great place to end it. I didn't need to see them getting back in the car and driving away, and uh, it'll be easier next time. Right, because
1: we we can already tell,
2: like... uh, Like, this is
0: obviously something they've done before and that they're going to do again. They're way too good at it for this to just be an isolated... I think, in general,
2: ending it on that that scene scene. is so much better than ending it with the kids going back oh, to the house. Oh, sure. Because
0: right? we already um, see, they, they set up the, the whole movie with the kids coming in. Yeah. We all And then when we see those kids at the end walking down the side of the road, it's like, oh, those are the kids who find them. Yeah. They could have not shown them going into the house again. I think that would have been great if...
1: It says only if, done so Liv Tyler could scream for that, that the right. I think yeah. it would have
0: been great if they had just ended it after the one killer says sometimes, and then cut to credits. Right. Like, but, that would have been, I think that would have been a really
2: neat tidy book ending yeah uh, yeah a nice a nice bookend there's one thing i want to talk about that we didn't cover it's probably my least favorite scene out of any of these three movies okay and that was you know when liv tyler is kind of being emotional and sad she's listening to joanna newsome yeah oh, yeah um and then scott speed speedman uh goes to pick up some cigarettes for her and uh, shit gets a little real, uh, and Liv Tyler's running away and hiding in one of the rooms. And the whole time, the record begins to loop. Oh, God, and that was just that was awful. The most yeah. grating yeah. uh, <laughs> Joanna Newsom loop. And because and they
1: probably thought that was so creepy, like, ooh, it's eerie, but no, it's so annoying. I agree that
0: it's grating, but I th- I kind of disagree with you guys in that I think that the gratingness of it kind of adds to the tension of the scene. Maybe in the, maybe in the wrong way because you really just want it to be
1: right. over. It, just, it yeah. feels cheap. But it, it feels like they just wanted to play a repetitive noise, so you're like, ooh, this is weird. Yeah, well, it
2: <laughs> wasn't a particularly scary loop and on top of that like, it was scary. mixed way too high in of the course, mix yeah, the, the to the point is, where it's just like come issue. on and
1: then also she like smashes a lamp and cuts her hand oh, for yeah. what reason oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah why does she smash the lamp yeah. <laughs> that's a great
0: question one one other thing that i'll say that i just remembered that i thought was quite effective is like when she's messing with the fire and like the flue has been closed or whatever so it's smoking up the house And the the smoke detector comes off, and she takes it off and knocks it onto the floor. And then when she comes back later, she sees that it's been nicely set on the chair that she was standing on. And I think that, and that's the moment that she knows that somebody has been in the house with her. And I think that's a really effective moment. And. Maybe the one other time that Liv Tyler actually acts in the, in the movie yeah. is like her realization it's it's such a subtle little thing you know that's what I appreciated about that is the subtlety but it's undeniable what it means like she knows she did not put the smoke detector there she knows somebody else is in the house and just like her moment of realization i think is really great
2: yeah i really like that part too yeah we should just jump should into rate rating it? here okay uh you start matisse and then we'll go
0: okay yeah sure yeah i i overall think that this is uh a pretty good movie i enjoy it it's not flawless of course uh it has some some issues with uh with dialogue and uh lack of subtlety at times and the mixing is terrible but overall i think it builds tension well i enjoy the characters well enough uh i like the game of cat and mouse with the killers and the really sort of hopeless feeling that you get like how are they going to get out of this i'm going to give this a solid 4 out of 5 uh it's uh it's not perfect But the things that it does wrong don't piss me off enough to really turn me off this movie. I know that I like this movie better than both of you guys. I think it's a a, a very solid if
2: by the numbers slasher film. I think this is kind of an interesting movie to review because it has a lot of problems. But I think there are a lot of effective parts of it. I think this movie does a much better job of building tension and having a little more complexity to the characters than them. It does still have a lot of problems. Biggest, obviously is the sound mixing kind of obnoxious. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I don't know how they mixed it so
0: badly because it's something that I always forget about before I watch the movie. But then I always like make a note of while I'm watching it is like, why is um, this
2: mixed so poorly? Just just excessive. Uh, And I, I, I am one for dynamics. I like having some variance between quiet and loud, but it has to be mixed correctly. Yes. That's the thing. It's I like the dynamic nature of the mixing, but it's not done well. It's done wrong. You can't put the music that loud. You can't have the dialogue just be you know, half coherent because half of it is Liv Tyler whispering. And on top of that, um, the dialogue is kind of clunky, but I think, the tension is built pretty well. Um, I'm going to give it a solid three out of five. I think this is a movie worth checking out. It's not perfect by any means. It's pretty by the numbers, but what it does, it does pretty well.
1: I felt that without an establishment of characters that I had an interest in, it really hurt a lot of the rest of the movie for me. I do think there are a lot of good things within it and a lot of things that they they do well but it is those those cheap moments where I feel like things were contrived or set up just for the sake of moving the story ahead or getting the characters to uh, eventually get captured. It fell very flat for me. It's not an awful movie, but I just thought it was boring, and so I'm gonna give it a two. all right well, that gives us an average of three yeah.
0: pods out of five for the strangers. Oh. And now we can move on to our final uh, film for the day, The Strangers Pray at Night, also known by its more popular title, Call Me By Your Name. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, why, why
2: don't you tell us about The Strangers Pray at Night? All right. So The Strangers Pray at Night is a 2018 horror sequel reboot to The Strangers. Um, I'd say it falls comfortably in the soft reboot category Yes, uh, it is uh, directed by the same guy who did 47 Meters Down, the shark movie that came out last year with Mandy Moore Yes,
0: his Um, name
2: is uh, Johannes
0: Roberts Yeah, Johannes Roberts Sure, sure,
2: okay Before we get too far into plot details, this kind of follows the same conceit As the other movies, uh, the big difference is instead of a couple, it's a family of four. Um, And it's in a trailer park. Yes, and it's in a trailer park. This movie uh, starts off with, you know, the classic first kill the 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 opening is pretty forgettable
0: i would i would say the the setup kill in this one is extremely clunky and also totally unnecessary i really feel like this one much more so than the opening of them this one feels tacked on it could have done without this
2: Kids in America is being played outside. Yeah, and from, they wake up
0: from the stranger's beat up old truck that yep. we see in the first movie and also
2: in this one. Yep, uh, one of them goes to investigate, and well, only one of them wakes up. The, yeah, the husband is is asleep through yeah. all of this. So the wife wakes up and goes to investigate.
0: Well, we don't see the kill. All we see is the the killer standing in the darkness behind her, and then. Cut back to the bedroom where the husband is asleep, and one of the killers lays down in bed next to him, and we see the mask immediately.
2: Really, really a clunky opening it really, really set a bad precedent it for does me. It does a huge disservice to the rest of the movie, I think.
0: Because I know you guys you guys both liked this movie quite a bit more than I did. Yeah. And I'm, maybe it's because this opening scene just set such an obnoxious precedent
1: for me that I was like, oh my god. It feels a
2: little toothless. What am I getting problem. into? There's no sense of real tension.
1: Right, it, that... Sort of thing that feels like a tacked on first kill sort of situation. Yeah, it
2: definitely does.
1: When we were walking into the theater, uh, we were talking about it and I said, this is going to be just like the first one. It's just going to be so dour, brutal, and it's just not going to be enjoyable. I just came out pleasantly surprised by the whole thing. I think whereas the first one may have wanted to try and set up a schlocky tone and then never really realized itself. This one, the title card comes in and kind of looks like a like a '70s sort of. Yeah, strangers opener.
2: things. Yeah, strangers <laughs> things. Yeah.
0: I just wanna. I just wanna go ahead and say that I think uh, I fucking hate the subtitle of this movie. Pray at night. Pray at night. Is, yeah,
1: They should have just called it "Strangers Too." They
0: should have. Yeah. And well, also, it's apparently, this was pitched back in two thousand nine, like a year after the first one came out. And I don't know if it just got bogged down in production hell or, or what. But it, right. well, it, it took 10 it's, years to get yeah. made, and I think that kind of hurts it a little bit, too. I'm still, even several days after seeing this, I'm still very on the fence about this movie, because I think that there's two ways that you can look at it. You can look at it as a direct sequel, the way they intend it, or, and, or the way they advertise it, or you can look at it as as a soft reboot without the context of the first Strangers. I think that if I had seen this movie before I saw the original Strangers, I might have liked it more. And the problem is, is it does the soft reboot thing of retreading almost identical ground of the first movie for a pretty large chunk of the movie. You guys seem to let's, think that it did thing those same things better than the first one, but for me it just felt too familiar. Well,
2: let's dig into it a little bit. Yeah, more. for sure, so, for sure. Uh, we get that '70s title card quickly for me. It kind of became obvious that they're gonna wear their influences on their sleeve a little bit more. At least they they have different influences than the original. Yeah, this one is much more '70s '80s, especially like Toby Hooper, John Carpenter vibes with the, Very the much... opening soundtrack. It sound the the main theme of this movie was essentially just a Halloween ripoff. They changed like one. One note in the whole theme yeah to not and be. they slow and they slow it down yeah but it's essentially the same tune uh note for note we go from that opening clunky kill to uh introducing the family the mother played by christina hendrix uh the father, I can't remember who he's played by. Uh, Martin, Hendr- Martin
0: Henderson. He's been uh, in other
2: big movies. I didn't recognize him, but... They're two kids. Uh, the the son, who's kind of a more athletic one that's kind of liked by his parents. And the the black sheep of the family, this, uh, this teenage girl, kind of a wannabe punk i guess you could say
0: yeah she's wearing a fucking ramones t-shirt for the entire movie and that's that's something that stood out to me immediately as kind of awkward i mean i don't know maybe high schoolers still wear ramones t-shirts but i that feels like something that was written by somebody in like their 40s and like oh we need to have this alternative like troubled Punk teenager, so let's put her in a Ramones shirt because yeah, the Ramones are alternative and punk, but they were like thirty fucking years ago. <laughs> I feel like I teenage she, rebellion. Am I right, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that's exactly what it felt like to me. Um, yeah, well, it doesn't help that she wasn't a great actress. I th- in terms of dialogue,
0: she did not start out good. By the end, I was impressed i should say i mean granted i was starting from a pretty low bar but as an actress she kind of won me over by the end of the movie she starts off just very generic and mopey and obnoxious because they're they're taking her to an alternative school yeah so
2: the conceit is she has done something bad with her friends It never really gets directly explained what, but her parents are like, this is the last straw. We're going to send you to an alternative school. But she's really mad about it because she has to move away from all her friends. Yeah. So the beginning of the movie, uh, they're getting ready to go visit their cousin.
0: Christina Hendricks, aunt and uncle, who own this trailer park that I guess is unoccupied
2: after Labor Day or so. Yeah, because people timeshare trailers, I uh, guess. Yeah, yeah. no, it's
0: weird. Uh, yeah, it's it's close to where they're taking her to the school, so they're going to stay in one of the trailers overnight so that's the that's the main set piece for this whole thing is this pretty much is this empty trailer park
2: i i wasn't all too bothered by that i think we mentioned earlier that this movie took about 10 years to develop all the way and the original conceit was it was post uh recession and the family had to move to the trailer park because of Right, The Stranger's Grapes
0: of Wrath. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually, I like that idea quite a bit more. I still think they could have set it during the same time, even if it still came out in 2018. Because a big problem that I had is, like, this is supposed to take place in the present, so it's ten years after... The first movie, like in the the original Strangers, like Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman have like flip phones. But in this one, like everybody's got iPhones and shit. And it takes place 10 years afterwards. But the killers are still wearing the exact same clothes and they seem to have not aged
2: at all. I felt like it didn't date itself too. Directly,
1: well, hey, there could be a case made that it doesn't take place in the modern day because we see smartphones, but smartphones were, you know, they were introduced 2009, in like two thousand. 2000, you know? I think even two thousand seven. I feel like that's when the first iPhone. That was like movies. the
2: end of the, uh, the end of the Blackberry. Yeah, the craze. sad
1: days. were having a like giant keyboard on your phone was the coolest fucking Weird thing. Weird flip phones. <laughs> Near the beginning of the movie, uh, the parents, the dad is like, "Oh, you." you teenagers are always on your phones put it down so we can play fucking cards together oh yeah and among all the smash phones i did see a flip phone so maybe 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 one of the maybe the dad's a dinosaur or they just we don't know it but this actually takes place just a couple years after and that the, the the edward sharp gang are not actually all just a bunch of you know <laughs> midlife crisis <laughs> like yeah. people now just, I guess there's uh, I don't wear it like I used to I
0: guess it doesn't date itself too harshly there's, there's there's enough weird. of a suspension of disbelief but i think if they want us to assume that it doesn't take place in present day they should do something to date it
1: more definitively right no i i because you know? most likely it's meant to take place in the modern day yeah. and that's this is weird
2: well I, I i like that they don't necessarily bring the date to the forefront. I I think that's a very minor <laughs> element of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, we're we're nitpicking yeah, here. Um, I think there's much larger uh, fish to be fried. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about the the central conflict with the family. You know, I think that was done pretty well. I think a lot of it was carried by Christina Hendricks. I think she gave a really good performance. Uh,
0: yeah, until she's the first one killed. Well, yes, because she's
2: the most expensive to be in this movie. Right, so. of course. They, they didn't want to pay her too heavily. Um, uh,
0: apparently, uh, the the teenage son, Luke, uh, that actor is Lewis Pullman, who and he's uh, Bill Pullman's son. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun fact.
2: Yeah, not a great actor in this movie. I,
0: I, no, but once again, just like
2: with the daughter, by the end, he had won me over a little well, bit. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing. I think... They weren't good actors in terms of dialogue delivery, but in terms of physicality
0: and and they were good at being uh, scared, yeah,
2: physicality and screams a plus yeah um sure. we get kind of this uh good back and forth, and I like how they try to set up a conflict within the family. I think the the taking the phones is kind of forced. Because well right because then it because yeah.
0: then it then it gives an excuse for oh why don't you just call the police well dad took our phones so we could have family time Yeah like you said at a certain point we see all the phones smashed and destroyed to prove that the strangers have been into the trailer and have broken their phones, which is something that happened in the first one. Yeah. And that's just one of the many things that I just felt like this movie took note for note from the original, which is my greatest frustration. I didn't really have that
2: much of a problem with it. They, they do a lot of the same things, uh, but well, yeah, the, 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 same... the thing I respect about that is tonally the movie is different.
1: Yeah, that's you know. sort of my. That's how I felt about it too. That even if they were hitting some of the same points, the execution of it was uh, was done in a different way. It was trying to give a different mood. And it's I, like
2: pizza. If you get a sausage and pepperoni slice of New York style pizza, it's good. But if you get like a Chicago deep dish, a sausage and pepperoni pizza, it's still the same same pizza, but it's done in a different way. And that's what sold it for me. I suppose.
1: I I think because the first film was just like such a downer. I wasn't enjoying my viewing experience as much as I did. With this, even knowing like yeah, there's a lot of dumb stuff in this movie. It's 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 certainly it's not a good movie, is what we're trying. We're it's we're not saying it is. It is a fun movie, and that's something. The well, first I one actually disagree. Say. I
2: think it's it's effective. Not in trying to be seriously scary, but being but they, entertaining I, but and well-paced.
1: It suffers from like dumb character choices. It, in some cases, the teleporting villain, and so oh
0: well, and and that's that's way more hyped up in this one. And also that no matter where these people are hiding, the killers always know exactly
1: where they are. Right, well, there's which a... is
0: something that got. A little bit more on my nerves, I guess, in this one. Well, there's okay, that part so- where
1: the, um, the brother... Like, hides his sister, like, under this house. Under the porch, like, yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, like, uh, stay here, they won't find you. But we're, we assume that they're, like, watching their every move. It's just one of those, like, why would you think that was the, safe? the killers? The killers are a little
0: bit too omniscient in this for me. I, I think that, that bothered See, me somewhat.
2: That never really bothered me all that much because I think this movie sets itself up for over the top schlock.
1: If a film is, like, self aware enough to say, yeah, we're, we're, we're dumb, but we're trying to have fun. I guess for for me, it's much easier to forgive. Yeah, cause It's like okay, well, they're
2: just trying to. And I think I think one of the things that sells that best for me is the fact that we start getting into the action pretty quickly.
0: We do. That is that is true. The we, build up is much uh, uh, briefer.
2: Fifteen or twenty minutes into the movie, the son and daughter see the the aunt and uncle's trailer. It's dark and empty. The door is open. open. That's what. Yeah, they don't know it's the aunt and uncle's uh, trailer right away. But they go in to look around, see what's going on. Uh, All the power is cut, but they find a a booze bottle. The girl goes into. The bedroom, and because right, they hear, they hear scratching. The, they hear yeah. the dog right, in the yeah, other yeah. room.
1: Yeah. yeah, who? The dog never shows up again. That's a shame. No, it just. Runs <laughs> I, would, off. I would have loved, yeah, I would have loved uh, to see a dog tackles. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> they find the aunt and uncle uh, brutally mutilated and murdered, and yeah. then and then it picks up pretty quick from there. Yeah. I will say that by the end, and I'm not going to talk about the end yet, but by the end, it does get very schlocky and over the top, and quite fun, um, but I will disagree with you that it sets itself up for that. I did not get that impression at all. The beginning buildup all still felt very serious and dour and much more like the first movie, and that's why I was having such a problem when they keep doing all of these familiar things like the cell phones the same killer comes to the door and knocks and asks for tamara and the light bulb by the door is unscrewed again and when they find the aunt and uncle they look at the window and it has hello written all over it in red which happens exactly in the first movie in the bedroom where live tyler's hiding And it's just all of that stuff. I'm like, this is exactly the same as the first one. And so for the majority of the movie while I was was sitting there, I'm like, why did they make this movie? It's just the same fucking movie in a different setting
2: with... Slightly more people to be killed. They're m- much more fast and loose with the the details in this movie than they were in The Strangers, though. The girl that asks for Tamra comes to the door twice, right? And the first Just time like she does, first yeah, in the, in the, first, the first time she comes up, it's the same kind of thing where the light bulb's supposed to be off or unscrewed. Oh, yeah,
0: but then when it does the reverse shot yeah. to
2: the dad, the light, the
0: light the is light very is clearly on. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, um, those little goofs. Yeah,
2: and then second time he notices the lights out or whatever. But that stuff it's just, still seems a little more silly than it did in The Strangers because well, they're,
1: they're not as dismissive of it. They're, they're yeah, like, no, well, what are you doing? Yeah, here? they're obviously yeah, like, this more is fucking out. weird. I got a different tone from it from some of the visual stuff that was going on in the beginning. Like, there's a lot more uh, movement in the camera where in The Strangers I felt like a lot of things were very flat and
2: static. There it's was, much more colorful. Too. Yeah,
1: like, there's a lot of, a lot of, like, stu- like a lot of cool zooms. Like, I well, love there's, that. Well, yeah. there's a lot more. I did definitely notice in the way
0: that it's shot and edited, it does indeed wear its 70s influences
2: very much on its sleeve. You got there some were, heavy Brian De Palma. Yeah, there were there were
0: quite a few times where even though I was frustrated with the movie at this point, I was still like you know, this camera work is good. Before they get to the trailer park, when they're standing outside, when the, when Christina Hendricks goes out to talk to the, the girl who's standing outside smoking a cigarette, and it starts in a really wide shot, and their entire conversation is just that one shot, and it's just slowly zooming in until Wait, also, by, until by the end of it, it's right on their faces. I, th- I noticed that shot, and I was like, this is good, I yeah. like this. Even though, even I though I didn't care too much about the conversation that was being right, had. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I was like, there were definitely a lot of moments where I appreciated the way it was shot and edited. Or I'm like, this is, you know, this is very uh, '70s influence, which I appreciate in horror movies.
1: Right. And from this point on, we get the the cat and mouse uh, trying to escape the attackers as they keep finding new ways to fuck with them. I think we were all in agreement about the last third of this movie. Yeah, for sure. Fully embracing something so ridiculous. The schlock, and that's when
0: it gets, it actually gets really good. And that's the surprising thing, is like the last 30 minutes of this movie is easily the most fun I had watching any of these three movies but it's all of the it's all of the build-up for me that i just considered so ineffectual like obviously there has to be an escalation but i wish they had done more to at least for me really set up uh, a campier tone that they really embrace wholeheartedly by the end, which is uh, fine, but it still feels tonally inconsistent to me because it feels much more dour, like the first Strangers, up through the the second act, and then the third act, it descends into total
1: schlock. And that's odd because I'm not sure at what point... The movie won me over, but they and it might it might have been just from that that title card. Looking at that, I'm like, that's weird as hell. That's uh, in such opposition to the the awful droning narration in the first movie, and so just like bit by bit, I guess I was I was. I was getting the movie more and more. I started.
0: I started to get it at times, but it still felt so. At times, it felt really out of the blue. And then by the end, looking back on certain details, I saw the for, the foreshadowing. For some reason, in this movie, they uh, make a point of showing that the killers, or at least the 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 man in the mask, has a a, a predilection for like. 80s like synth pop jams oh, yeah, and yeah, like the, power ballads, like,
2: like 80s cornball music. Yeah, and, Just, and that and it
0: felt so fucking weird to me. Oh, I loved uh, it. Well, that's the thing; it felt weird to me until it got to the swimming pool scene later, which, <laughs> yeah, which we'll yes, talk about. Yeah. And at that point. Then it totally won me over, but it wasn't doing enough of that kind of campy stuff in the beginning that the few times it happened, it felt like tonally jarring to me. I was like, what the fuck is this? In hindsight, I I actually like this scene more than I did when I was watching it in the theater when the dad and the son get into the car. After Christina Hendricks has been killed and they're driving around the trailer park trying to find the daughter, something hits their windshield and the dad like swerves off and slams into one of the trailers and a big piece of lumber goes through the windshield and like pins him and he sends the son off with the gun to find the daughter and then the the male killer gets into the car and the first thing he does is turn on the
1: radio and flip through the stations until he gets to like the 80s jams (laughs) Well in the late 2000s, you know, Joanna Newsom, that kind of music was was the real shit for these strangers, but now we're we're in a different Well that age. was I mean so that man, was Liv Tyler's on music. Before, but, then, but then they play uh, other songs. They that, play like yeah. an like an
2: older like 50s 60s like blue Yeah, right. It's like that folkiness. For some reason before I went into this movie, I thought it was a prequel. I don't Weird. know why. <laughs> I don't know but, why either. <laughs> well because
1: you're like there's no way they're going to just be like killers from 10 years ago like that's that's
2: that's, that um i i think the the build-up actually was pretty effective for me because you don't want it to go all the way to the end of the spectrum on camp for sure
0: not but i think you can still build that up better i I think it was built
2: up with how bloody it was you know you get that right off the bat when christina Hendricks is killed
0: well yeah you have much you have many more people who can comfortably be killed throughout the movie rather than just the two people or the
2: first one you know it's one of the the conceits of using a family instead of true absolutely absolutely i think did it a good service because uh it adds a little more complexity and you get some more
0: you get more character dynamics yeah. and
2: stuff like that like i i don't have a problem
0: with the family like i just felt so much like it was it was retreading too much common ground and i'm not saying that i would have wanted them to go really off the spectrum uh, early on like they did at the end but i think they still could have tonally What do you
2: think specifically they did besides you know the the tamara stuff that they retreaded on specifically though i i don't think they really retreaded on all that much
0: Well you've got you've got the phones you have Well the, the phone
2: is, has to happen Well That's sure but they but they did it but,
0: right but they did it basically in the same way I mean, they're they're in a trailer park in the middle of nowhere. It would have been just as easy for them to play on the conceit of not having cell reception.
2: Yeah, they could have just as easily but that's, done that's that. That's just as easy uh, a lazy trope. Is but I mean, but the but the by. point
0: is, but the point is, is that. The phones being knocked out is not the problem. It's that they did it in the exact same way well, as they no, did the Well, no, because in The, the Stranger,
2: her phone was thrown in the fire.
0: It was still destroyed. They came okay. into the house and you destroyed destroy the phone. phone. Okay. okay, so there's the phones. There's the, the girl coming to the door twice to ask for Tamara, just like in the first one. There's them unscrewing the porch light. Uh, which they did in the first that's, one. That's the same. As There's the, camera the thing. writing "hello" on the inside of or on the outside of the window in red, which in this movie, particularly, I think, doesn't make sense because both of those characters were killed before they would have had a chance to see that on the window.
2: Well, it wasn't meant for them. I don't think you don't think so. I, you I think, think it was, was meant for the family. think it was meant to find for- because later in the movie they show like in that. Uh, Trailer the answering machine with oh yeah yeah the, sure the call sure. that with Christina Christi- Hendricks sent and didn't receive so my assumption was the killers set up the whole thing and that's why in the uh, sure gas station convenience store thing there was a note that said uh oh we yeah, yeah the yeah. keys here and then there was the, the little stranger smiley there face is there. no no I like I got all of that but it's it's too
0: many. uh visual gimmicks that they did exactly from the first one, that I think if you're looking at it outside of the context of the first one, would not be as problematic. It just felt lazy to me because they have a whole new location. They have all new people. There's a lot of new things they can do. And it's still so much of, oh, yeah, I remember that from The Strangers. See, I, do, I, I disagree, remember that though. From I the disagree strangers. because
2: it's... It's things that the killers could easily do every time they kill someone. The toying around like with it's the killers. their like yeah. it's their MO. Yeah. It's their kinda MO. I just the, feel like the I... the door thing is obviously an MO. That's an easy one. I feel like that that's one that kinda has to happen in the movie. They have to have an introduction like that sure but there's but there's things about it that they could have changed enough that it's obviously still an
0: mo and it's not just the exact same thing they could have asked for a different person even i think that would have frustrated me less it's that they're once again asking for
2: Tamara. i think that's just an mo thing though it just i i i i i never had a problem with that i don't think it really Retreads that heavily. I don't think it goes that note for note is the thing. I think it's much more energetic. There's so, than the and there's so much. I think, well, yeah, it is. Uh, it is that. I think when the the girl comes in pretty soon after the 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 killer girl to kill Christina Hendricks, right? And they're running her way to the bathroom. I thought that that scene was kind of tense. You know, I thought them escaping through the the window. Uh, above oh sure and Uh, christina Hendricks can't get
0: out and so she gets stabbed like yeah okay that's fine like the kills i don't have problems with the kills or anything that was all that was all okay but i mean there's just too, there was too much stuff that I recognized directly from the first one that it felt from a writing standpoint it felt lazy it felt like it felt like either it 's either lazy or it 's too much fan service. Another example is with the the blonde killer with the knife like in the first one in the strangers she has that whole standoff with Liv tyler where she's like caressing the knife on the countertop and like running it across the tiles and like spinning it and stuff and then she does that exact
2: same shit in this yeah, one yeah that, that did feel a little hand servicey there's, there's but too much of that all for of me. the all the killers kept their same basic weapons which I didn't have a the, big no, problem No, I, I don't have a problem with that either. The weapons are fine. Like I said, if
0: you watch this movie without having seen the first one, I think that all of that stuff works fine. It's executed okay. For so much of the time that we were sitting in the theater watching this movie, I felt like I'm watching the same movie. Maybe maybe some of the stuff is handled more effectively, but it's like, this is the same thing. Like, what is what is really, truly differentiating... Pray at night from the first strangers. Well, I think a lot of aside from aside from the location and the
2: the family. But then the whole action of the movie is different, though. I mean, the cat and mouse chase is the same, but that's kind of what the movie has to be. Yeah, that stuff Um, is fine. I don't it's it's just too much, too much of the same. And
0: I think that at least for the first two thirds, this is not applying to the last third at all. But for the first two thirds, I feel like they missed out on opportunities to really
2: make this movie more of a unique experience I from think the they first do one. So many times, though. For example, there's the scene where the brother and the sister finally get away, and uh, it's after uh, she gets stabbed. Yeah, uh, she gets yeah. she gets stabbed, and she gets her arm cut up. Yeah, and he's tending to her wounds, and they're talking about you know memories or something, and it feels like a lull in the action, and you know a quiet point. And out of nowhere, the the killer's truck just plows through the middle of the trailer. I no, I and, I did I did like that scene a lot. And I thought that was a super effective, uh, you know, surprise. That was and- like that
0: was a turning point for me. That was the first time in the movie where I really felt like it was something fresh and different. And it was so ridiculous that the killers would know exactly where they are, and then instead of coming in to kill them, they just smash the the truck into the trailer i laughed out loud i liked that and it was from that point that the movie started to take a dramatic turn upward but that was you know 50 or so minutes into the movie where i had been underwhelmed by almost everything that came up before it so that was that was a
2: turning point, and from there it dramatically rises in quality. I do think there opinion. is a slight lull, you know, in ten or fifteen minutes, in the middle before we get to that point when uh, they get back to the aunt and uncle's place and they get the gun and the, the brother like points the gun at one of the the killers. Oh no, that's after that's right before
0: the truck scene when the teenage the the girl goes into the bedroom and that's one of those really stupid like horror movie moments where they're making really dumb decisions where she hears the jack in the box going and she like gets down in front of it like looks at it real close what is is this (gasps) and it pops up and then the the blonde killer like comes up from uh, under a blanket behind it and that's when she stabs her and shit and that's one of those moments where like if I were in that girl's position and I walked into that room and I I saw a Jack in the Box mysteriously going by itself, and be like, "Okay, I'm leaving immediately." Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty dumb. But yeah, then the brother runs uh-huh. in and points the gun at the killer, and she's like, "Are you gonna shoot me?" And then I thought it was really funny that the 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 sister was like, "Give
2: me the fucking gun, I'll fucking <laughs> right, shoot her, yeah. I'll <laughs> fucking shoot her." And then the the they the- just too <laughs> chicken shit to do it. Yeah he's, yeah, he's just way too chicken shit. I mean, because yes, I would rather have that happen than her be shot and somehow mysteriously still oh, be alive. for right. sure. There's for not sure. an issue,
1: yeah, with knowing that the kid couldn't pull the trigger. I mean, yeah. it's not like they've set him up for anything like that before. But then he also stabs the shit out of one of them like yeah. once things Oh, yeah, on. later yeah, later um, on.
2: But that that sequence is one of the, the dumber moments in it. And uh, that's kind of a lull for me. That and the scene where the sister is running... From yeah. the the truck. Oh yeah! And she goes to like hide in like this like this giant pipe. Oh pipe god! Tunnel. Yeah,
0: the pipe tunnel. And then the one of the other killers is just in there with yeah, her. Yeah. And the well, hoarding. she's like,
2: why are they doing this to us? And uh one of the the killer just appears behind her and she's like out of the darkness
0: she's we like we haven't
2: even started yet
0: and then when she runs away they cut back to the killer's mask in the tunnel and do like a way too long like dramatic zoom <laughs> in i thought that was really yeah, that, was, that was really that dumb. was really stupid
2: uh, besides those two scenes though i think most of it was pretty inventive like uh when they crash the the dad oh and in the, the, the into one of the the trailers, I, I yeah i thought i thought the the toying around with the radio was kind of fun that was kind of fun um, yeah i was i was a little nervous when that scene was going on because he pulled out like the stabby thing like the shit like, like an ice pick yeah that looked like um, and I was worried that it, this movie would just be a bunch of different people getting stabbed. Basically, it, was but it's it gets more inventive. Though, yeah. Thankfully. Well,
0: should we should we start getting into when it gets really 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 yes. fun? Yeah. So uh, the daughter is still hiding somewhere. Is yeah. that when he puts the, her in the under the under the porch? Yep. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go to the the office
2: and see if I can find a phone or something yeah. to call for help. And so he goes to the office building, and there's some spooky sounds, and suddenly all of the lights turn on in the building. And well, before that, we also get like
1: all of the strangers just like popping up behind him. Yeah, one yeah, of them is the- in, is in
0: the office, and then the other one is outside and like banging on the and, window. Like, did you guys
1: notice? Because I mean, there are three of them. There's the the dude, the blonde haired girl, and then the uh, brunette. The brunette didn't show up a lot in this. She doesn't show up she a lot in either in, in either yeah. of them.
0: Honestly, she. I was thinking the same thing. And
1: wasn't she the one that took the pamphlet? Oh, no, that, that was, was the that, bl- was that was the blonde, blonde? one. Yeah, yeah okay. she's
0: she and the and the man are the the main ones, and then the shorter brunette one in both movies feels like kind of an afterthought. Right. It's kind of just like, well, there's a third one, so that's shitty, I guess. So there's three <laughs> of them instead of two. She feels like an afterthought... Um and I mean in this one she is she's fodder basically yeah, yeah for because... that for that next scene when he <laughs> runs to the uh, the swimming pool and then all the lights come on and it's all neon and they start blasting Total Eclipse of the Heart yeah which
2: is amazing prime 80s G, that's yes so you know. good
0: and then he's just uh, the the son is just standing there and he's got what does he have uh, like a bat or something a bat or a fire poker or something uh like something long and hard <laughs> uh and yeah and then the she, brunette starts, she just starts sprinting yeah, from behind like she's gonna football tackle her and i was like i was like oh god like she's like see her coming please like don't let her just run up and stab right. him but instead he turns around and whacks the yeah. shit out of her uh, it was so satisfying. it was so yeah. satisfying <laughs> and then she like wakes up and starts like trying to fight him and then he just stabs the shit yeah, out of her
1: and then the male uh stranger comes over and he's just like I, he's like i killed one of yours how does that feel like an alien or something
0: yeah. <laughs> like and then we that leads to or i guess is part of the my favorite scene in the movie is uh when they
2: start fighting and end up in the pool yeah so the the main guy has an axe and it's like an axe versus like a fire poker thing. Um, and they're fighting and then eventually they kind of fall into the pool. And just this whole time total eclipse of the heart is
0: just blaring. And we get the these nice cuts where they go underwater and the music is like muffled and they're struggling and then it'll be outside. Like th- that whole scene is put together and handled so effectively and it's just
2: total schlock and so much fucking fun. Honestly, it's one of the best horror scenes in any movie I've seen in the past few years. I, I think it's one of the most well done in terms of well, style It's like not scary, and, but it's fun. Yeah, it's like just Well, yeah, and
0: it also is like it you don't at that point just feel like the the killers are like uh supernaturally strong or powerful or anything cuz like it's a it's a really like two-sided struggle between the kid and the killer you don't just feel like the kid is totally outmatched you know it right. really it really comes down to the, these people are so good at killing because they have the element of surprise and they psychologically torment their victims. But then when it comes down to a, a, a square off fight, you know, they are just
2: people. Right. And like I was saying before with when we were talking about The Strangers, while the the deck is stacked in The Strangers, I think the deck is less stacked in this movie. And I feel like that's one of his strong suit is because there's It's more of a cat and mouse game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I like as one sided.
1: Yeah, they're not as passive. Like they're they're actively trying to do things to, to not just survive but to get back at them. It's just a shame that as this fight's going on, then the kid makes the really dumb decision to like start just like walking out of the water. Yeah, to try to to try to escape. Like, which just lets the the male stranger just walk up behind him and just like brutally stab him which is great because it's still in the water and so then it starts to seep out into the pool. Just,
2: yeah, you have just, this beautiful shot of him just slowly losing blood in the pool while the end of Total Eclipse of the Heart is playing. Yeah. And you even get some shots where it's going back and forth and really in the extended water. And of, it's
1: like a good minute of just him bobbing up and down.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you expect him to just go under and drown right. at any moment. And then out of nowhere, the sister shows up and uh, drags him out of the water and manages to hide him somewhere which well, like I thought was, was a little bit like
1: puts him in a like she puts in him in like a shed yeah. like
0: <laughs> she doesn't try to like stop the bleeding or anything or bandage the wound she's just like you stay here I'm gonna go get help <laughs> and I'm like and I'm just thinking he will be dead in like 30 seconds though <laughs> like he is he was not I feel like I
2: easily suspended my disbelief after that pool scene though. oh for no,
0: oh okay. well
1: that that's like like
2: it's we were saying
0: dumb...
1: that it's just like one of those dumb characters. That's things. the
0: point I mean, where it really descends into schlockier territory, uh, but really well done, fun schlock. Because after that, the 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 daughter is uh, she runs out into the street and she falls down and. There's a, a car pulls up and the headlights are blaring, and you think that it's the killer in in his truck, and then it's a cop. A cop has uh, shown up. I don't like. Did somebody? Oh yeah, somebody yeah. did manage to make a call at one yeah, point. Yeah,
1: she uh, managed. One to get of the one phones of the... is
0: kind of
2: working. Yeah. And so they, she sort of makes a call. So I guess there's somebody. I, I thought that was kind of a cool subversion of just having the phones be destroyed too. Like they actually use the phones. Yeah, you at know, least at least one
0: of them. Kind you know, that's of works. that's
2: inventive enough. You know, and it's just, just, a version of the trope. And just at least the screen doesn't break. It completely. At least
0: there was the, like the phone was damaged because the call didn't like it cut off. But at least there's payoff later when the cop shows up. But then they did the thing that they do in so many horror movies where a cop shows up and just gets killed immediately I mean, yeah
2: she's trying to, he's trying to calm her down she's and like, the whole there's time- people
0: like there's people trying to there's people trying to kill us and the whole time you see the blonde killer walking up behind <laughs> Just him, slowly just slowly and like the daughter, almost like yeah, she's within the daughter's line of see, sight right. and she should just be like yo turn around right. like watch yeah. out but she it's just walks up and slits the cop's throat but then after that that I thought was kind of dumb but then after that I really like the scene where uh, the daughter like gets into the cop's car and she's trying to find the keys and the killer comes up and like knocks on the window and like dangles the keys in front of her face yeah. like look what I got she opens the door and starts like slashing her and stabbing her, and the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Go
2: for the shotgun! It's a cop car. There's a shotgun. Yeah. Go for the shotgun!" And the shotgun is like sitting in the middle of the car.
0: Yeah, well, it's like on the rack, like they yeah. have it in most cop cars. And she keeps trying to pull it off, but it's like locked or something. And she finally gets it off and just shoots the shit out of the killer. And, and it's super satisfying. It is extremely satisfying. I'm torn on whether I think we should have seen the killer's face. Well, it's at weird this point, because she takes, she takes the mask off.
2: It's like there isn't a reason to. I it's actually not like we're gonna really like it because it's a subversion of the first movie where we get the killers taking off their masks but we don't see them but the point of them taking off their masks is like oh you're fucked anyways you're going to die anyways well what it, it kind of reverses that in that sure. the the mask is taken off but It's the killers that are going to die because of it.
0: Right. And and that in itself doesn't bother me. What kind of puts me on the fence about it, though, is that this killer is like when she takes the mask off, like she's like she looks like she's like 23 years old. Right. You know, and I mean, it's a different. All the killers are played by different actors in this one than they are in the first one. And they can get away with that because their faces aren't ever shown in the first one. But I did notice in this one that when the girl comes to the door and asks if Tamara's home, her voice is noticeably higher pitched than in the first one. Hmm. In the first Strangers, like they all seem a little bit older, not like old, but like in their 30s or so at least from the way their voices sound but then in this one the the blonde killer is like a young girl and that's another one of those things where like if this is supposed to take place 10 years after the first one like the age difference is wildly unbelievable right i agree with
1: you on it's, that
0: it's not like it's not a big deal it didn't bother me too much but it was the kind of thing that i noticed enough that it gave me pause a little bit but then she she asks her like why are you like why are you doing this to us and i was like don't say because you were home don't say because you were home don't say because you were home and then she says because why not and i was like i was like oh okay all right (laughs) finally they, they had an opportunity to do something exactly like they did in the first one and they went with something else and so that was satisfying for me a
2: lot of the first one that that was a good way
0: that moment was satisfying for me and then she just gets shot again and then man we have this fantastic final confrontation with the last living killer she gets in the car in the cop car and she's trying to drive off and he comes from the cut and smashes into her car And then the car just keeps
1: like turning around and smashing into
2: it. Yeah, like he hits the car from behind and then like backs up and drives to the side to try to T bone her. (laughs) Which they, they did that
0: shit in the first one too, and I was just like. They must. It looks like they got this truck repaired because <laughs> they they keep using this truck as like a battering yeah. ram,
2: but it's not just totally destroyed. The the truck gets stuck to the police car, essentially yeah, like the grill or something. Yeah, like the 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 twisted, the, the twisted metal. metal yeah, yeah, is all is all uh, caught together. And because of the the damage to the cars, respectively a bunch of gasoline is leaking out the bottom. And of um,
0: course our protagonist conveniently has a Zippo.
2: Well yeah because we see her smoking. Right well yeah no beforehand. she's
0: she's a uh, air quotes smoking cigarettes. Edgy
2: teen. Uh, yeah and
0: j- just a quick segue. I, it was frustrating me how sh- badly she was smoking cigarettes. Well, and then at one point her brother is even like you know you have to actually inhale right? <laughs> yeah. And
2: I was like thank you I'm so glad. Yeah I thought that was a really funny. Touch. I would.
0: I would guess that that actress is probably just not a smoker.
2: I think it also builds on the character of an edgy teenager. Yeah, yeah For sure. like she wants to fit to... in by smoking because it's cool, but, but she doesn't really know. But what I you're mean of, to do. of
0: course in true horror fashion, instead of just having like a bic lighter or something, she she has a zippo. zippo something yeah. that can stay lit when she throws it into the gasoline. That's important.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny having uh, to see her like go up to the puddle uh, yeah. with a bic lighter
2: and just try <laughs> yeah. and light it that way. <laughs> throwing, throwing a bunch of matches hoping they <laughs> so, stay lit. Yeah, yeah so, thank God so, for
0: <laughs> so she throws her zippo into the pool of gas and both cars explode in glorious fashion. Although i did notice a goof in the wide shot of the cars blowing up if you weren't looking for it you might not see it but i very clearly saw that there was nobody sitting behind the wheel of the killer's truck
2: i noticed that too but after i thought about it a little more I thought that maybe the killer had gotten out of the truck. Oh yes. that and gotten back in I don't to think drive there it.
0: Was, I don't think there was any time for that. No, and no. yes, that's
1: that's something we need to explain as well. After the car explodes and uh, the girl starts walking away, the car starts moving again, and the stranger guy, like he's on fire, but he's still driving. The, the whole the truck car. is on fire.
0: Well, what's great is that, like she's she. Seems to be safe. She's like wandering off down the road, and she comes to a bridge. And she's on the bridge, and she collapses and starts crawling. And then from behind her, we see this flaming
1: truck pulling up slowly onto we, the bridge. I mean, we see it before then, like as she's walking away. I think it starts. To I don't think we. I don't think we it. see
0: it until she's starting sure. to get onto the bridge. I. I mean, that's a minor detail. I don't. I don't remember. I think. Yeah. I mean,
1: either way, it's like, hey, if you if you ever if you guys have played the new Resident Evil there's a <laughs> there's a boss fight that's almost exactly like that <laughs> the yeah. guy in flaming cars so but i mean
0: my 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 point about the i don't think there was any time for the killer to actually get out of the truck no uh, and I, like- I think it was just that they i mean they just didn't take the time to throw a mannequin with a bag right. on its head. Well, it's like into when, the... you
1: see, when you yeah. see a car flying off a cliff in a movie, most of the time there isn't actually well, right, someone of in course. there. And the, there wanna... there's, the,
0: there's the famous scene in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro gets into the car and Turns it on and it explodes. Where if you're watching for it closely, you can see the cut where it goes from Robert De Niro to a dummy oh, painted yeah? like Robert De Niro. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that you have to be looking for to be able yeah, to see yeah, it. I've never actually but noticed that. It's actually really funny because the dummy looks kind of stupid. So the next time you're watching Goodfellas, okay. watch for that. Okay. Watch for that cut. I mean, that was just a, a minor little goof that I thought was funny. She happens upon some random. Well, before that, the, the killer gets out of the flaming truck on the bridge, and we see that he's all burned and yeah, like he's not disfigured, and he has his axe, and he's coming for her, and she's like trying to crawl away on the ground, and then he just collapses. So it's like, oh, well, he almost got her, but not quite, and so then she gets up and walks off again and manages to flag down
1: a car. Uh, when they get out of the car, and she's like, please, can you help me? The mom's Screams and runs back, and I thought it was like okay, she thinks that this girl's crazy. And he's that's what leave I thought too.
0: And then she turns around, and there's the killer with yeah. his axe
1: again. And that's yeah. why she was screaming. Like, it's crazy, God. He's still alive. And then, well, dude, w-
0: and that's when that's when this whole last real scene uh, is just like massive homage to uh, the OG Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's exactly the same when the girl in Texas Chainsaw. Runs out and flags down the trucker, and he gets out and he starts coming over to talk to her, and then Leatherface comes up with the chainsaw and he just runs and gets back into the truck as the truck is driving off. The our protagonist runs and jumps into the back of it. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. just like in just like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, she's all red lit from the tail lights, which is just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the the character all covered in
1: blood, and the killer jumps onto the back. And uh in a call back to a conversation she had with her brother about playing baseball. She oh has yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. She's and, like he's
0: like you could you weren't even strong enough to lift up the baseball bat and then she finds a bat in the uh, bed of the pickup and just clobbers yeah. him in the head and he goes flying out. And then it's the shot of her, very much like Texas Chainsaw, just like riding down the road in the back of this pickup truck all bloodied and
1: shit. But that is not the final shot of the film. It should have been. It It should have been been. because because
2: the the next part is so dumb and unnecessary. Like The Strangers, it has a very unnecessary (laughs) final sequence. She's in the hospital with her
1: brother, Who's hooked up to all, you know, a bunch of machines? And he survives somehow. Yeah, right. <laughs> she hears a knocking on the door and then like the sound of the jack of the box that uh like she heard before. Houses, which also that's like that's a dumb. Like, oh, I didn't, thing. Even, I, didn't, I didn't even I didn't even pick didn't, up on the jacket. in the box sound. I totally heard. I mean, was oh, really? It wasn't like it's not like the pop goes the weasel thing. It's like it was it was another. I like, I another did not pick up on that up at up on all. That, really. Just because she
0: has a cup of water, and as soon as she hears the knock on the door, she drops the water, right. and yeah. then it cuts
1: to credit. Well, I yeah, like, like, think they, they. I'm pretty sure they put that sound there because then otherwise. Like it's just the doctor, not yeah a exactly. dog. <laughs> well, which
0: I would have liked. I mean that I think the idea that maybe it, one of the killers survived is really stupid because yeah, yeah no they ones. were like it was fun enough to have uh the main guy like surviving all of this trauma in his like rage to try to kill her right but they all- they're, they've all like all of them were
2: pretty
0: like Decisively soundly killed. Yeah, destroy yeah. like
2: destroyed <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, I really wish that hospital I, scene was not in the movie I, at all. It's I just think so, even if it was a doctor, it would have been sloppy.
0: Yeah, they should um, have. They should have just ended it with her in the back of the pickup yeah. truck. That's just once again. Which I then mean, the, you get but then then it might get a happy this
2: way, but what's the point of a happy ending with a story like this? You I mean, know we is already it a get a happy ending. Pe- pe- well, they're both alive, right? But then, <laughs> but maybe, nothing. but maybe right. so is
0: one of the killers. Yeah, yeah which is which is the and dumb then part. The guy's
2: gonna come crawling in, his
1: head bashed in. He's like, "Where are you?" <laughs> yeah,
0: and so that ending was dumb. But man, those la- those last like twenty thirty minutes are just so enjoyable and so entertaining, and it just it it just makes it all the more frustrating for me that the the first two-thirds of the movie didn't land for me like I wanted them to. Because like I said, the the final act of this movie is the best part of all three of these movies. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that makes the ending more frustrating because I feel like they could have done more original stuff in the beginning to, to lead up to that nicely in a satisfying way.
2: I I think it would be interesting to see what you think on rewatching it. I think so, too. Because I, I think a lot of the minor details... Are well going into this movie, you know, it's a stranger sequel 10 years later. Strangers wasn't even that good of a movie, yeah. Like, it was expe- you expect this movie to be bad, and oh, yeah, like were all yeah. And I wonder if that was a hindrance to your viewing someone. I think that could if be you didn't have the baggage of this being a sequel to a movie, I ten think, years later. I think
0: if I sit on it for a few months and go back and rewatch just this one and not The Strangers and I try to look at it in the context of its own standalone film unrelated to The Strangers, then it might be more effective for me. It just felt like too much of a rehashing of a movie from 10 years ago. 10 years is... That w- a weird span of time where it's been a really long time since the first one, but not long enough to really be in reboot territory. You know, for me, it I, feels uh, too much like a like a direct sequel, and that's what makes all of the the repeated the repeated stuff
1: kind of uh, feel
0: dumbed down and a bit insulting
1: for me. I think also if we had not watched The Strangers so recently... We did watch yeah. it the day before. Right. Because yeah. yeah. there are probably a lot of people who are watching this and they're like, man, I haven't seen that movie. That's anymore. what I'm That's saying. If I if too. I
0: come back to it at a later date without The Strangers being so fresh in my mind... yeah, <clears throat>
1: That's
2: the thing, too. Ten years between... For, people who had only seen it 10 years ago people have a short attention yeah. the general public has a short um, attention span but yeah let's just jump into ratings uh, for sure. i i'll go first i guess uh, i found this movie to be way better than it had any right to be i think it was incredibly inventive with what it does it does retread a lot of territory of the first one but i think that's more of a service for newcomers to the series i think this is i honestly i would recommend seeing this one over the original strangers if you had to pick one i might too wow um I, well I, it's uh i might it's like i was saying with that pizza analogy like it's the same kind of conceit but done in a different style And it subverts a lot of things that the first one did. For example, with the phone, you know, just having the cards a little more evenly stacked between them. It it was a little more even of a cat and mouse chase. And once again, the last half hour of this movie is some of the best horror movie stuff I've seen in years in the theater. Obviously, this movie has some pitfalls. Some of the dialogue is a little clunky. Um, There's a little bit of lull in the the middle act. But overall, I think this was a really, really good movie. And once again, I think this year is uh, shaping up to be a really solid year for horror movies. I'm going to give this a four out of five. I won't
0: repeat too much of what I've said. All I'll add is that maybe some of my hangups with the retreading of familiar ground with this comes from the fact that I like The Strangers, and I obviously liked it better than both of you guys did, so seeing the same things over again feels unnecessary to me because I already thought that they were done well in the first one and that I wanted to see something fresh. If I liked The Strangers less, then maybe I would be more forgiving of some of that stuff in this movie like you guys were, Um, and this is one of those things that maybe... In a future episode, months down the road i I might update my my thoughts on it, but at this point in time, in the context of the series, uh how I just felt about the whole experience in general, i don't feel like I can comfortably give it a higher rating than a three out of five. It does some really fantastic stuff at the end that I really, really enjoyed but up till that point it felt too much like i was just rewatching the strangers and i was just not interested in a lot of that stuff um so we'll we'll see where we'll see how this affects me uh more down the road but for now i'll give it a a middling 3 out of 5
1: this is the second time in uh like the past month where I've watched a sequel to a horror movie expecting it to be bad and then ending up liking it a whole lot more than I ever thought I would. It happened to me just with Creep. I thought it was such a boring movie, the first one. The second one, I thought was actually really, really good. And We'll do an episode on Creep at some point. Yes, time. I would love to do that. And then, with uh, again, with the, the Strangers, I thought it was so boring. And then with this one, it's better... Not in the same way that Creep Two builds up on its premises. Uh, Strangers Prey at Night is better because it's it's pivoted, it's um, emotional delivery, or just what exactly they're trying to make you feel uh, throughout the movie. And it just uh, just had so much more of uh, ener- energy behind it, which I really appreciated. I think that it is a pretty dumb movie, the the characters and everything like that, but I'd say that the way that everything was uh, executed just made it a really enjoyable experience for me, so I'm going to give it a three and a half.
0: All right, well, that gives The Strangers' Prey at Night a average rating of three and a half pods, which uh, it's funny that on average... This is the best movie out of all yeah, of them in terms yeah, well, of in terms of our average <laughs> ratings. But I also think this was a good discussion because, as we were talking about in the car on our way home the other day, each of us likes one of these movies, a different one of these movies, better than the other. Yeah, and, and
2: dislikes
1: one as well. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I, uh, because even though I gave the same rating for uh, Pray at Night and Them, I think they're both good in different ways. I
2: feel like Them is uh, just made better. Them is that brick fire pizza. Yeah, yeah, it's it's made quickly. And, you know, (laughs) it's like a margarita pizza. It's like fancy ish, but like it's kind of (laughs) bland. And then uh, the normal strangers is your like. It's just, like, dollar pizza. Yeah, it's it's your, like, dollar pizza. It gets the job done. It's nothing new. Uh, And then Pray at Night is that, like, greasy... Movies are like pizza. The producer's the sauce. Greasy (laughs) slice that's, like... You know you're gonna feel gross after, but oh man, is it tasty? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, I you caught me again with your. I I would be
0: I would be really really curious to hear the opinions uh, from somebody who has only seen *Prey at Night* out of all of them, has not seen any of the others, and I I would be curious how it it stands up as an entry to the series because. I do think that a lot of my hang-ups come from it it in context. Yeah,
2: so if uh, any of you listening haven't seen the new one or any of them, uh, go see it. They deserve your money to go see it. It's inventive inventive enough that this deserves your money more so than most horror sequels, I would say. I can agree with Uh, that. So yeah, go see it. uh, And then email us or uh, message or hit us, us up on, on Facebook, Facebook yeah, or like... Twitter, and we'd love to see some other perspectives. Uh, and we'll even talk about it on air if you do. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. I would be fine doing a, a
1: brief little update on this movie somewhere down the road. I feel like it'd be really cool if uh, down the line we do like a redemption episode we all choose movies that we absolutely hated our first like viewing and then maybe going back and seeing if our movies i think changed.
0: movies that we're that more specifically movies that were split on where well,
1: yeah. like not one we all agree was bad but something like
2: mother like an, or like an indefensive episode yeah. almost yeah. where it's movies that are critically panned but we love and like, or one of us loved and the others hated. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like
0: something like this and uh, we certainly, Mother. We, and... We, we
1: clash a good amount on these movies, and it'd be cool to one day revisit and see if we... Because, like I mentioned, with, with Mother, that's one I really feel like I need to check out again, because... It seems uh, there's there's something that people are getting that I'm not getting from it, and uh, I feel like I just I need to give it another yeah. go. Yeah, I I think that could be fun. Let us know what you think if that's something that you'd like to to hear from us. Right, in if the you future. thought we were wrong about one of your favorite horror movies, tell us why. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> say why we're stupid.
2: Uh we, we actually or, yeah. we actually have a game for yeah. the first time in <laughs> yeah, <so> fucking months. <laughs> this episode, we're doing a crossover game. So the the premise of this game is we have, you know, this horror franchise, the Strangers, and one thing that horror franchises love to do is do crossover movies. So you got your Freddy and Jason You got... Alien versus Predator. Yeah. We'll give you like 10 or 15 minutes, but think of a crossover franchise you could do with The Strangers, and then I'll give you guys like three or four minutes to pitch me crossover movie between franchises. And I'm going to rate it not based on how good the movie necessarily would be, but how entertaining it would be. I'm excited about this I'll give brownie points for creativity, too, so... All uh, right. We're gonna cut for ten fifteen. Take a take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. So, uh, so how
0: how are we determining who goes first, Ben?
2: I'm gonna play Hollywood executive. Uh I got a coin. <laughs> oh, you got a coin. Okay, yeah. that'll be a little more fair. <laughs> I'll uh... I'll call heads. All right, tails. Okay. It is, is tails. tails. Okay. So, do you want to go first or defer? Uh,
1: I'll I'll defer to Eugene. I'll let Eugene go first.
2: Oh boy! All
1: right. Well, let me just hit you off with the story right here, Mr. Producer Man. Johnny is a well-liked man. He has a beautiful girlfriend, and he has just a wonderful group of buddies. Just uh, his life could not be any better. But then one day. Strangers uh, start to uh, come around the house, and Johnny realizes, Oh, ha-ha, I need to fight for my life. <laughs> oh, no!
0: <laughs>
1: we will learn the story of why he has a handgun in his house. We will know why he took Danny in under his wing. His parents were tragically murdered by the strangers. <gasps> and we're going to discover more about what happened With his relationship and Lisa, and maybe she fucked one of the strangers? You will find this out in the next fucking hit sensation of 2019. (laughs) The Strangest Room, coming soon to a theater
2: near you. Would this be a prequel? To the yes. Room? Yes. Okay.
1: It would be a prequel. Is that is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that, that's yep. totally fine. So, it's all about the back cuz there's so many questions that don't have answers. So this
0: film is story, really so. going to provide context to the room. <laughs> it's going to
1: provide Yes, exactly. It's going to make it... I don't understand. <laughs> no. Man, I don't My, understand either. It's, it's, my my phone thought that this idea was so insane, <laughs> it just had to tell me. I do not understand. Well, hopefully you guys do. This movie isn't being made for the machines. It's being made for good, red-blooded people. <laughs> so
0: Interesting. I'm very intrigued. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? Yes. yes. Okay, I, I went into much more detail. I hope that's, well, that's okay. Uh, no, that's, so that's better. Mine okay, is- uh, the next hit horror crossover is... Aliens versus the Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> this takes place a hundred years after the events of Alien Resurrection. Uh, the Wayland yutani Corporation has created yet another clone of Ripley. But yes. she's she's old now, because I don't want to see them do the, the de-aging thing on <laughs> yes, Sigourney hurray. Weaver. So it's an old clone. She has been uh, sent to a distant planet to uh, capture the egg of an alien queen to be brought back to the Earth uh, because Wayland yutani is the stupidest and most evil corporation in film history. And, yeah, all they do is
1: just... (laughs) Yeah, that's all they do.
0: Um, So while she is infiltrating this planet and uh, exploring and hiding from the massive hive of xenomorphs, she discovers an ancient life pod from Earth. It seems to have been there for a very, very long time. When she opens it she discovers the Strangers, oh my who, God. in true Jason X fashion, have been put back together and are cyborgs or some bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> strangers so, X. So, so they look like the Strangers, but they're, like, futuristic. And when when she opens the pod, they are reawakened, and we hear a uh, a robotic voice ask, is Tamara home? <laughs> so then a good chunk of the movie after that is, uh, the strangers trying to kill Ripley, um, but they eventually come into contact with the, the xenomorphs, and that's when the battle for the ages begins, because even though the xenomorphs are, you know, terrifying, the strangers are real strong and shit because robots or something, (laughs) (laughs) and so then the strangers decide that, uh, hunting uh, a mere human, even though it's Ripley, is not challenging enough. So they begin uh, hunting the aliens. And uh, the final battle Ooh. is the strangers fighting the queen inside of a volcano, because why not? And at the same time, Ripley, who recognizes that the robo-strangers are a much greater threat to the universe than the xenomorphs, uh, has to plant a nuke in the base of a vol- in the volcano, <laughs> which will set off a chain reaction <laughs> that destroys the entire planet oh my god
1: i thought you were gonna say teen up team up with the aliens
0: uh no but at the same time uh she's she's still trying to complete her job so she's trying to find the the alien egg queen so she can take it back to earth because she wants to get that good Wayland yutani uh christmas bonus oh my god Um, okay so
1: yeah she's all on board for this uh, this yeah well because this time uh, with the
0: clone they 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 cloned her right they cloned her right yeah Yeah, exactly Uh (laughs) But uh the, the twist is then uh before she's able to plant the bomb, David, the android, shows up. Uh, and oh. he he tries to stop her, revealing that he is in fact the one who created the Robo Strangers, uh, because I, the perfect organism was not perfect enough, or some mega, megalomaniacal bullshit uh, in in that vein. Of course, um, and he 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 created them to to really test the strength of the Xenomorphs. Uh, Ripley is able to plant the bomb, and she escapes the planet. Unfortunately, she. Has has to leave the alien egg behind but in her escape pod she realizes that one of the strangers has made it on board and right before he kills her he takes off his mask and it's fucking david oh my god roll credits
2: <laughs> wow these are both wonderfully dumb ideas <laughs> Hey, I'm a serious
0: filmmaker,
2: <laughs> uh, Eugene, I have to give you props. Uh, we're finally getting the answers we deserve. The answers and that is the last
0: crossover I
2: expected, um, which is yeah. fantastic. Um, Matisse, I have to give you props for the absurd amount of detail you went into here. <laughs> no, that was, um, that was great. It was, was really on a roll. Part of me was hoping the reason David created The Strangers is because that was the only DVD on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I can write that in. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, I gotta give it to Matisse just for the the amount of detail. Oh, I would um, I would have to go with like, that. Yeah, yeah. Mine uh,
1: Mine sounds exciting, but I would no, still watch. I would still watch. Yours. No bread for this butter <laughs>
2: over here. All right, so you get to pick the next minisode.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm. So why don't you
0: uh, read out a list of uh, some of the ones we have planned, and I will choose which one will be coming out next week.
2: All right, so I'll give you a handful of options here. We can do Veronica, which is the the new Netflix horror from the guy who did Wreck. Uh, We could do Poughkeepsie Tapes, which is a fantastic under-the-radar documentary-esque movie. We got Get Out, which is a classic, uh, one of the best horror movies of last year. And then we have It Follows, which is also a classic. I think
0: that I am going to go with uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes. Um, I've uh, seen this movie once, and it was one of the most uh, effectively disturbing horror movies that I've ever seen, and I've been wanting to rewatch it and talk about it on the show for a while. So uh, that's what you folks can all expect next week. Our mini-pod will be on... The Poughkeepsie tapes, which came out in like what,
2: 2008? Yeah, or something but it like just that? got uh, a Blu ray release for the first time oh, in fan November. Fucking so. Fan fucking fantastic. So. Fan fucking fantastic.
0: I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Hit us up on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, at Pod People Pod. Uh, This was a contentious episode for us. We all felt pretty differently about all three of these movies. Yeah, you guys were only listening, but you didn't
1: see the the stab wounds that we... (laughs) We have all we've
0: all collected a few uh, deep uh, deep wounds, so we're gonna have to go to the hospital after this. But we'd love to hear uh, some of y'all's thoughts on. The Strangers, especially pray at Night, that seems to be the most contentious one between us. So yeah, uh, follow us on social media. If you like the show, which we hope you do, you can uh, give us a brief uh, review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be enormously helpful to help us uh, climb up the charts a little bit and get into some new people's ears, uh, like brain worms. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like comparing our podcast to brainworms.
0: Yeah, you know, equally unpleasant. <laughs> um so yeah, l- take the time to leave us a rating and review. Uh that would be absolutely amazing. The show is produced by Ben and edited by yours truly and uh ben is also the artist behind our theme music so uh spooky scary for that you can follow me personally on twitter if you're into that kind of bullshit at mr van awesome do you guys have anything you want to plug
2: all i'm gonna say is uh if you're listening uh feel free to send an email our way at podpeoplepod at gmail.com at with any questions you might have for us and if it's interesting enough we'll put it at the end of the show
0: yeah send us also uh recommendations for films that you'd like to see us do uh many episodes about or uh just themes in general that you'd like to hear longer episodes about uh we've gotten a couple of uh recommendations from people that uh will be coming up in future uh Many episodes so we, uh, we want to get involved with uh, the rest of our listeners.
1: Eugene, do you have anything? No, no plugs, just again, back rubs. Uh, I did get in no trouble- No plugs, with- just back rubs. I got in trouble with the law a little bit ago. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to give out back rubs in front of the pick and save, and they saw me, did not like the fact that I put my hands on them, because- I, uh, Wait, I you wanted put your to, hands you know, on the I, cops? I tried to give him a back rub, so I snuck up on the cop. Uh, and so I got I got tased, I got thrown in jail. I I, I owed so much money. Were they upset so.
2: because you weren't wearing any pants? or uh,
1: I think it was that, and also my hands were like lotion-y. They, they probably thought it was like eels or something on the if back of If there's one there. thing
2: I've learned, it's that cops
0: don't like being snuck up on. Yeah, like, or eels. Or eels. Uh, yeah,
1: no, nothing to plug right now,
0: just back rubs. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Until next time. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables. And hey, if somebody knocks on your door in the middle of the night, maybe just don't answer.